0: and go to the institute tomorrow and tell them that you still have a shark problem here. Might have to tell them that. Sorry.
1: I'm sorry. I thought that... You told me the shark was caught. And I, I heard it on the news. I heard it on the cave station.
0: They caught a shark. Not the shark. Not the shark that killed Chrissy Watkins. And probably not the shark that killed the little boy. Which I wanted to prove today by cutting the shark open. But, you, you know, you want to let that breathe for... Nothing. Nothing.
2: Listen. Is it true that most people get attacked by sharks in three feet of water, about ten feet from the beach? Yeah. Uh, and that uh, before people started to swim for recreation, uh, I mean, before sharks knew what they were missing, that a lot of these attacks weren't reported. That's right. Now, this shark uh, that that swims alone... Rogue. What's it called? Rogue. Rogue, yeah. Now, this guy, he... He keeps swimming around a place where the feeding is good until the food supply is gone, right? It's called territoriality. It's just theory that I happen to agree with. Then why don't we have one more drink and go down and cut that shark open?
1: Martin? Can you do that?
2: I can do anything. I'm the chief of police.
0: Some things in life are bad
3: i
4: a little bit of an abrupt segue from Jaws into Always Look on the Bright Side of Life.
5: That was a strange segue.
4: Well, I was already planning, I was going to do the, the, the Always Look on the Bright Side of Life thing anyway because today's the, this big spam sculpture sculpt-up or whatever. Uh, and that's from Life of... Bra- that's actually the spam a version, though, so it actually is doubly appropriate. So that's actually a song from Monty Python's Life of Brian, but that is the spam a version. And I think it's the original Broadway cast recording, which means it's Tim Curry there. And then Roy Scheider had to go and die, which sucks on like a hundred different ways. So then I just decided to do the inappropriate juxtaposition of Jaws right into Monty Python. There you go. And that, that kind of like that kind of forward-thinking audio production that sets this program apart. All right. Uh, hey, it's uh, four minutes and eighteen seconds after the hour of eleven, and this is the month of February in the year of our Lord two thousand and eight. Thank you for coming along, making a part of your listening day. We are live from the lushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM nine seventy Southern State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, lovingly assembled by robots here in the United States. It is 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, you, want, you should be part of the program today. 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at am. or Richie with a T. Uh, at 970.am. Uh, the aforementioned Richie Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, your need for a bigger boat, what have you. It's 503-733-2970. All right, first and foremost, uh, so if you can't see this, but over here in this in the corner of the studio today, we'll get video of this up kind of later as it happens. We got a big table set up in the corner of the studio, resplendent uh, in its AM970 banner coverings. So today we got the top three vote getters in the Spamalot uh, sculpting contest uh, coming in today. So if uh, if you went to the website last week, uh, you saw there was the ten semifinalists up there, and those guys all win a copy of Life of Brian, uh, the immaculate edition, uh, just for making it into the top ten. So we had the listeners vote all last week. By the way, let me just say preemptively at this point, if you if you're all like cheesed off that you didn't make it into the top three we are blameless that with all the audience voting that did that and i'm not This is not saying this to cast aspersions at anybody um, we're not playing favorites i'm simply saying just like to forestall any sort of i would i worked my fingers to the bone of the spam blame your brethren in the audience um, if you are one of the top three finalists you come in today and you don't win that's us that's totally our fault in any event uh, mm-hmm. coming up later on in the program the top three vote getters in the lot of spam for spam a lot uh... contest will be coming in uh, and we will judge the creation harshly and with merciless eyes. Uh, and then one of them will be going to see Spamalot in Vegas at the Win. It's all very exciting. So there you go. So that's coming up later on today. And wait, Richie Bristol will be posting probably video of somebody's penis, but also uh, the Spamalot thing. So the Spam sculpting uh, finals will happen today, uh, right here in the studio later on. So be listening for that. And I'm not sure. I don't think the ten finalists are still up there. I haven't gone to the website in an hour or so. I'm think that i not sure if the, if the three top vote-getters are posted right now either. So we'll I'll check into that. Anyway, But we will have photos of them uh, later on today with the show on Pulse. So that's coming up later on. Uh, Lisa Desjardins joining us today yeah. uh, from the Hill as we talk about uh, Barack Obama who continues to stick it to the man left and right. Uh, let's see, what else? Um, did you see, do, we have sound, do we have sound in that thing that Barack Obama said about Dick Cheney? You know what I'm talking about, where he referred to Dick Cheney as being... Because there was that genealogical study they did last year, two years ago, where they found out that Barack Obama and Dick Cheney were cousins. Oh, yeah. Which nice is fantastic.
6: I'll go look for that. It's not uh, on
4: today's. Oh, there was it was a great moment. I think it was last night, this morning, where Barack just kind of went, just, just another little boot right into the Bush administration. It was fantastic. Um, Jim Roop joined us today. We'll talk about uh, the Grammys, which I know none of you watched last night. I know wow. I'm the only one. Here's the, And I completely forgot they were on. The only reason I even watch the Grammys is because my wife flipped them on in the other room. I was in the office, in my home office, She's doing some work, <laughs> editing, editing Jaws and Monty Python together. Um, and my wife said, "Hey, do you mind if I watch the Grammys?" And I said, "No." This is why she's the best wife ever because it, she is sort of the the uh, the separator of wheat from chaff in my house. So she watches the Grammys. I always do that thing where I say that I read the Inquirer so you don't have to. My last time, my wife watched the Grammys, so I didn't have to, and so she just went through. Literally with like a pen and a legal pad, it just flagged all the moments for me. So like at 1.15, Amy Winehouse does something stupid. At 2.17, Brad Paisley's ass is right in the camera. At 4.50, so I went through and I pulled some Grammy moments from last night. Um, it, we'll talk about, uh, let's see, snuff watch coming up today. Uh, kick watch coming up today. What was Britney Spears' ultimate humiliation? I've got the answer later on. Uh, What else? Well a out about your stuff. Uh, it's 503 uh, plus Peter Carlin uh, joining us today. And, and, the, and the word is they may resolve the writer's strike, or they may have.
6: Well, they, they're voting tomorrow. They're voting tomorrow. And they will more than likely be back to work on Wednesday.
4: All right, so Jim will join us from Los Angeles today and uh, talk about the status
6: of the striking WGA. Got $2 billion to the local economy down there so far. 2000000000 billion? Don't ask me how they add that up. But they say two billion dollars. Well, incredible. what did we?
4: What was it, Jim Saley was saying that if this if this went long enough that it that it intersected with the Screen Guild, oh, you know, the Screen, screen Actors, Actors, Actors Guild
6: is in June.
4: He said if, he said if those two strikes had somehow intersected, it would have just destroyed California mm, because nice. Southern California, sixty percent of the Southern California economy is tied into uh, the entertainment.
6: Anybody white? Yeah, <laughs> any white person. <laughs> but I I know that for a fact because here's how I know that. <laughs> Uh-huh. I, I once worked for a company that put together these focus groups for movies. Right. So I was told to make sure that the people I chose for this, and I worked in L.A. at the time. Of course. The people I chose for these screenings were, A, white by a majority, B, not in the entertainment business. I was unable <laughs> to fill two seats given <laughs> those two things. You could not fulfill these criteria.
4: No. Mm. <laughs> Excellent. Anywho. That's how we know. It's 503, so it's It's actual prima facie evidence you discovered yourself. Wonderful. Uh, it's five oh three seven three three two nine seventy. 9 70 Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification today.
6: Well, Barack trounces Hillary over the weekend, uh-uh. and he even wins an Emmy. This is truly becoming an Obomination.
4: Is that what we're calling it? I'm talking to Susan Randall. I made about it up over the weekend, and I waited. Obomination. <laughs> I was hoping to get more, like like abomination, right? Abomination.
6: This has become an abomination. I like that. It. It's funny. kind of
4: you know it's a it, you know the great thing about it that is that's a double play on words. I think you're just being courteous. No no no. I'm saying I, it, it, it's because when you hear it you think abomination. Yeah. Like um, you know what's it, uh, but then Obama hyphen nation, like uh, Kiss Nation. Abomination. Oh, I was talking to Susan. I was saying that, you know, he's as bad as he was as a candidate, at least Joe Lieberman had that Joe Mentum thing going on. Mm-hmm. But there's really nothing that rhymes with Barack. Mm-hmm. There just isn't, oh, my God. Did you hear that horrible thing? of It was like Stone Gossard or one of those guys from Pearl Jam singing, doing, singing a takeoff of Rock Around the Clock, but it's Rock Around Barack. Oh, no. No. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so awful i got to see if Court and Fatty have it, because they, they were playing it on the show on, on Friday. It's among the worst things I've ever heard, and
6: it's done totally straight-faced. Okay, i got to find that. All right. I have other things, too. Excellent. Uh, pardon her dust as Hillary models and gets a new campaign manager. Mike Huckabee is challenging the Washington caucus results, which John McCain won. Uh, nobody watches the Grammy Awards. A Vancouver man dies after falling out of a moving car. Huh. A bad guy gets shot to death by the cops in Clackamas County. Excellent. Uh, Paris Hilton's new movie rakes in... Nine thousand dollars nationwide <laughs> at the box office over the weekend. Nine thousand dollars. Wow! In this huge nation, <laughs> oh three hundred million. million people. <laughs> Nine thousand dollars. That's wonderful. That would be like the Clackamas Dragon <laughs> if it was full. That's oh. something like
5: a thousand people went to see that.
6: Yeah.
4: yeah.
5: If
6: that many? Yeah.
4: Nine thousand. That's like a two-person per theater average. Excellent. Well done, Paris. Jesus. I love this job. All right, uh, joining us today is always the lovely and talented Sarah Exelon. How are you doing today?
5: I'm doing well. I'm I was so disappointed. I forgot I let my friend borrow my car. Yeah. And I woke up this morning, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to be lazy and go and you know drive to Safeway and get my food, and then I realized I had no car, so I so had to ride my to bike. In.
4: Yeah, so I had to ride my bike. That's okay. You get to lord your moral superiority over. Do me. you not ride it? Don't be... Why do you got to ask that to make me confess? (laughs) Make me admit it in front of everybody. I
5: thought that you said you were going to start writing. This
4: is like when a little kid gets taken back into the store. Tell the man what you stole.
5: I stole some gum.
4: You're sorry, aren't you? I'm sorry. All right. No, I didn't bite today. I meant to, and then it didn't really happen. So... All right. I have no excuse either. I can try to come up with an excuse. It's not going to happen. Well, um, oh, with any consolation, I didn't want to bike ride today. You were forced into it. I was. All right.
5: It was okay. my only mode of transportation available to me. Big weekend happenings for you? Oh, boy. It's just fun in Sarah Land right now. It's just
4: fun. <laughs> you, you know, Valentine's Day is coming fantastic. up, Sarah. <laughs> no, it couldn't be better, I tell you. <laughs> I'm picking up on your sarcasm. No, it's just, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Well, we'll move on then. Okay. 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 <laughs> It's 503-733-2970. Oh, by the way, and I discovered this too late. So what I get, I'm not. I'm not trying to be a, like Luca Cooling, but you know. But I get a lot of email, and it, sometimes I don't see things in a timely fashion. You know what was happening last night? Uh, I was watching the stupid goddamn Grammys. How many you watched the Grammys? They were showing the Lost Boys uh, at like a brew pub in Portland. I forget which one. I've thrown it away. Because it was last night, they were showing. After all our talking about the Lost Boys, they were showing the Lost Boys somewhere last night. I forget where, but uh, food that place, Food Fight, was doing it. Oh. Um, anyway, so the I missed. Eateries. I missed out on that. So because I was at home watching Amy Amy Winehouse stagger around the stage, which was kind of funny, actually. She was kind was of. A, she, she out was, of it? No, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, she was high, but not like crazily so. I do have to say this: she was. She was pretty adorable. I mean, I really... And, you know, I'm predisposed to dislike her at this point just because because I think that, like, the, the attention paid to her personal life is, like, so... Like, it's so disproportionate to what I think she's contributed musically. I mean, she's had some good singles and some whatever. It's like, I, I, in a way, I almost, I feel like she really hasn't earned uh, a, a lot of the, like, at this point, I think she's basically getting credit for being alive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, like, last night, like, she got, like, I think she got a standing ovation when she won last night. And I'm not trying to knock Amy Winehouse. She has a great voice, some great singles, you know, but a, you know a decent record. But let's just be honest. A lot of that last night was people applauding her because she managed to stave off death. Long enough to be at the Grammys. I mean, that's it. And also because the man wouldn't let her into America, so she was performing at this nightclub in London. It was. I'll, I'll talk about it more in a second. It was really cool, though. Anyway, so the Lost Boys was playing last night, and I. Uh, I didn't go see that. I stayed at home, watched uh, watched Amy Winehouse and a botoxed up Tina Turner wander around the stage. Not uh, kind of jealous that I didn't watch it. Well, I'll highlight the moments for you. Okay. Oh, and I uh, and I went to. Uh, let's see. I just to figure out what I can say here and what I can't. So I went to see. I went last night. The other thing I did is I went to uh, Kelly's Olympia and I went to see that band, Bubba Speed. Which I'm a huge fan of those guys. And uh, anyway, so you went out. I did. I, you know, it takes a lot to get me to leave the I'm, house. Uh, yeah,
5: I'm actually like very surprised. You know,
4: I'm like the biggest fan of those guys. They, they're just the, the best band.
5: I'm interested in hearing a band if it gets you off of your ass and it's, out of the
4: house. No, I, I try to go see those guys whenever, whenever very they're playing. Cool. And they're all in like nine different bands, so they don't play that often. But I went to see them last night, and um, anyway, so I walk in the front door, and I've been to the Kelly's in a long time, but I walk in the front door, and immediately, there's a guy comes up, and he goes, hey, Rick Emerson. And I go, yes, yes, it's me. Hello, hi. And I didn't, and I actually can't identify him because, and I know I, we sound like such a-holes when we do this, but he's a guy in a band, and I can't remember his name, and he was, I guess there's no point in being coy about it. So he was one of the guys that was in the Young Immortals. Remember the Young Immortals, the Hot <gasps> for Sarah guys? Which one? Was it Mike? It wasn't the lead guy. Was it Mike? Was... I don't know. See, we sound like such jerks when I can't even, I can't remember. Did you funny. read
5: that article in the Willamette Week about no, the Young Immortals? No, no. See, that's, oh. that's
4: the thing. So I was unaware of this. That's so awkward. So I walk it. the Young Immortals were on the show at one point and they sang this song called Hot for Sarah and a couple other songs. They were fine young lads. Uh, real toe tappers. And you then would the say. five
5: onion lads took a turn for the word.
4: I didn't know this, so I walked Oh yeah, in... no,
5: it's not just a band breakup, it's a band like
4: I walk into Kelly's Olympian and the guy's like, Hey Rick Emerson, like, hey and he goes, Hey, my name is whatever. I was in the Young Immortals and I said, Oh, are you are you not in the Young Immortals anymore? I asked rather innocently. <laughs> and he goes he goes, No, F that guy. We broke up and he's been talking S about all of us. F him <laughs> and I just kinda went Okay, I gotta go. Look, I, I gotta get myself a Coke. And I'm just like immediately removed myself from that conversation. So apparently he said that, um, I guess the lead singers in the Willamette, we talking and all kinds of smack about he everybody. It is.
5: It's really awkward and like I'll But is it I great? Know all of But is it, it
4: awkward and fantastic?
5: I don't know. It's, it seems. It's strange because there was a great divide because I guess they started writing up uh, contracts, you right. know, about like their music and whoever. Sure. And from what I've read. <laughs> Um, it is believed that the, that the lead singer wrote all the songs, so there he thought that he should, you know, retain all the rights right. to everything, and then like hire on the other guys as employees. As
4: employees, that's that's doing it. That. That's a gene and Paul is what they. And is. I
5: guess that didn't go over so well.
4: Hey, Ace and Peter, you're just going to be employees of Kiss for like fifty dollars a day. Is that all right? Okay, great
5: yeah but it's, it's oh, really very it's, awkward it's an uncomfortable article you should read it
4: <laughs> i'm totally we'll, gonna yeah god the guy was just like so enraged even last night
5: i know i feel so bad for them but they have a new band
4: yeah, yeah no i and unfortunately i wasn't able to stick around to, to see them it's my social nature only goes so far so i, I saw were they the, playing last night yeah they were oh, that cool. they were the headliner i think um uh, it was Bubba Speed and then then them and I think maybe actually somebody else, but I I saw Bubba Speed and then I took off. So anyway, that was fun. Ah, uh, let's see what else. Oh, I have I have a, I have this week's Inquirer, which is fantastic, and I won't time to, to get to it now. There's some great uh, Britney stuff in this, and it, really it's worth it just for this one sentence that I'll get to later on today. Here's the interesting thing about this new Inquirer. So I was at Safeway this weekend, and I've always said that I am the only person I know who buys the Inquirer. Everybody else stares at it. And you'll get that thing where the couple stands behind you in line, and they'll read the headlines aloud to each other. Just sort of a, look at that, space alien endorses Bill Clinton. (laughs) You know, and they just sit and whatever. But I am the guy unashamedly reaching forward, taking the Inquirer off the shelf and buying it. So this weekend, for the very first time, someone else did that. So I'm in line, and I just reach right up, and I put the Inquirer down with my Kraft Macaroni right there, and just, you know, I don't care. And the woman in front of me, she says, Okay, well, I wasn't going to buy, it, but now that you've bought it, would you hand me one? And so I actually, <laughs> so I enabled a woman's purchase at the Enquirer this week, and it was fantastic. Did we
5: not? Did we get our magical um, National Enquirers that one week? I think it? we
4: only get it on the weeks that we're going to talk. Oh, Dorothy. I see. Well, then they're not in the business of giving newspapers away. Well, again. I guess it's a tough time for the newspaper industry, so I think they only send us copies of the Enquirer the weeks that we have Dorothy, uh, which is this week. So we should be getting ours on Wednesday. All right. Uh, so before we do anything else, let's see here. Uh, Grammys, Inquirer. Well, let me do these calls. This Grammy stuff is pretty great, though. Hey, hi Rick. Oh, Jesus. I didn't Hello? even... Right out of the gate. Hello, hi. Yes. Yes, it's you, miss. Okay, you were there like five seconds ago. Hello. Oh, for the love of... Right. Really? That was just unnerving, like right out of the yeah, gate. I like I just... Hello, hi, Rick Emerson Show. Okay, is there something wrong with the phones?
5: No, it's up. I mean, you heard her, so...
4: I mean, everybody... Now, Well, all right. Well, never mind. (laughs) They were like a full bank of phones. Now, every one of them dead. I like the way this day is starting already. All right, 503-733-2970. Okay, well, let me get to a few of these things then uh, before we take a break, because we have uh, Lisa Desjardins coming up and some uh, some other things. All right, so let's see. Uh, Talked about talked about buying The Inquirer. I talked about talked about the awkwardness of the show last night. All right, so let me do a few of these Grammy things. And first of all, let me ask you this, though, but while I'm forgetting anything else. What is that? Did you guys get this thing in your trash today about Portland recycles? It's like one of those little flyers that they hang on your doorknob. I don't. I live in Washington County. In your trash? Well, you know what I mean? Like, like, uh, <laughs> like they emptied the trash today, and they hooked one of these inside oh, the okay. lid. So what the next time you go to the trash can, it says, Portland recycles. I think, like... Forcibly. So it says, join your neighbors and make a big difference to increase recycling. And then it lists the things you want to do. Keep glass on the side, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I guess there's some glass-only container or something. It says, place your glass in a rigid container next to your yellow bins. First of all, does this mean that I, myself, am required to come up with a container for the glass? I, guess I wouldn't the, not, think no,
6: so. I, I think they have those.
4: I, here's what I have. I got a metal trash can. I got a brown plastic trash can, and I got a yellow bin. That's it. That's all I have. So, I don't know in what I am supposed to put the glass. You don't have multiple yellow bins? No, I have one. Your
6: your landlord has to approve those bins.
4: Really? Yeah.
5: What do you use the other yellow bin for, paper product?
4: No, 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 I've only got the, well, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I got a metal trash can, a plastic brown trash can, and a yellow, like, squat, little, like, bin. I'm
5: saying, but what do you put in the bin?
4: What are you supposed to, or what do I? What do you? Oh, nothing. Well then, put your glass in that. Is that what it's for, though? (laughs) Is the yellow bin for glass?
5: Because they have different bins, like one's for paper and then one's for glass.
4: All right, then, Miss Smarty Pants, listen to the next thing it says. And again, this is this is from the um, the whatever. This is from the office of a sustainable development something from Portland. Dan Saltzman, commissioner. It says, first of all, put the glass on the side, and then it says this no plastic bags in curbside bin plastic bags jam up equipment at sorting facilities that's made up that's a lie by the way take plastic bags listen to this take plastic bags back to the store no i'm not taking my plastic bags back to the store or call metro recycling for more recycling options so am i now forbidden from putting plastic bags like just in the trash
5: not in the trash in the recycling
4: they just can't go in the little yellow bin.
5: Because I'm sure what they do, it's probably to their own laziness, I'd say, and they probably dump the bin into, you know, like the glass Well, I mean, do we have
4: unemployment in the city? Can't we hire people to sort the trash? I mean, can't, can't there be somebody whose job it is to take the plastic bags out of the trash? You know what? I'm going to continue to put it all into one big trash can. And that's just going to have to be fine with everybody. Oh, boy. I, seriously, I just don't care. Uh, all right, let's try these phone calls again, shall we? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello. Am I not feeding the phone? Is my microphone not? I can. She's right there. Hello Hello. there. Hi.
1: Hi.
3: Hi.
4: Hi. hi. I don't know what was going on there. Nobody could hear me. What's up? Hi. Well,
1: there's something wrong with the phone. But anyway, Rick. Really? Yeah. What can I say?
4: Thanks.
6: Thanks. Yes.
1: Anyway, I want to say hi to Sarah and Tim. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. I like you, Tim.
6: Oh, thank you. I like yeah, you, Terry. too. Oh. I'm,
1: a, I'm, a, I'm a black person who lived in uh, New Hampshire for a while, so we have a kinship.
6: Oh, whereabouts? Tim is also a black person who lived in New Hampshire for a well, while. That's amazing.
1: I, well, I lived in uh, Hanover, New Hampshire, and I West Lab because I was poor.
6: Well, Hanover's next to Dartmouth College, so you yeah. not poor.
1: Well, I used to hang out there.
6: But you an educated woman?
1: I'm an educated woman, and I had to work as a maid because I didn't have enough financial aid. But we won't talk about that.
4: No, I'm so, over that. So awkward. <laughs> but <Jesus. laughs> listen up, Whitey. I had to work as a maid.
1: <laughs> but that's okay. I went to Dartmouth. I had to work as a maid. But anyway, um, I, I'm calling. I'm calling. Also went to Penn State. But we won't talk about that
4: either. Moving on. <laughs> How can we help you today?
1: Well. It's like, what's up with, with Bill Clinton? I mean, he's like destroying Hillary.
4: Oh, man. It's, you, he is like that guy that you just... Uh, he's like a jack-in-the-box that you can't keep in the box. You know I what mean, I mean? seriously uh, he is a, as seriously. As they said in planes, trains, and automobiles, he is a chatty Cathy who is pulling his own string at this point. I mean, and you probably, it's difficult to tell him no, I would imagine, because so many of the, the networking connections they've got, so much of the money that comes to that campaign must be because of Bill Clinton, because he's still so hugely beloved in the Democratic Party and such a heavy hitter. The machine. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And it, so it's got to be difficult to look him in the eye and say, look, you just have to stay home. But you know
1: what? No black Democrat under the age of 50 dismiss. Daddy, be quiet. <laughs> 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 My, my father's calling me he 's demented, but no black Democrat <laughs> At the age of fifty. will vote for the man because he 's not acting like the black, first black president he 's acting like huckleberry Howe. <laughs> you know I, mean? I mean seriously excellent, and what Hillary needs to do is she needs to hire Monica to spend time with Bill Can
4: I ask you a question and this is this is just me as a pasty Caucasian asking you something. I remember that, I forget who it was, um, uh, that said, it was Toni Morrison, I think, who said, she's the one who made the famous, Bill Clinton is our first black president. Can I ask you this? Did you, as a black person, were you a little bit offended by that, seeing as how it seemed to me that... They started saying Bill Clinton was the first black president, like, as more and more of his misbehaving ways were cropping up. In other words, well, he can't keep his fly up, and he eats fast food all the time, and he's irresponsible. And, like, that was like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, did you get that? Like, that was the thing. Like, it, it seemed like they would always say that as when something bad that he had done came to light. And it was like, it was like somehow those were the only traits that people could see him. You know, sharing with anybody, and so it was like that's. I remember even like as a white person watching that at the time, and every time somebody would come forward to go, Bill Clinton groped me. It's like that <laughs> you would hear the drum beat again "Well, he is our first black president," and it was just so awkward to me.
1: Well, I, I think, well, I think Tony and I actually met her at Dartmouth. Believe it or not, I think I think Tony might have been and, and other black people that I knew, but I knew a lot of black Republicans because you know, anyway, Tim knows what I'm saying. Uh huh. But um. I, Bill Clinton was so charming that first that first term I mean he was like you know you I mean he was just so slick and he was a player and he was just he was just entertaining and I think that's why why black white you know some black people really gravitated toward him I
6: have something to make you feel better though yes this breaking news uh-huh whites will be a minority in the US by 2050
1: why does that make me feel better, Tim?
6: I don't know. After living in New Hampshire, I I'm thought not, that I'm not be Spanish.
1: Better. Tim, Tim, I'm not Spanish.
6: I'm not saying you're Spanish. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is such an awkward phone
4: call in, like, so many ways. But
1: anyway, no, actually, I may be Spanish. Who knows? But uh, I may have some Spanish blood. But, uh, but the thing is, you know, Bill just was charming. but now he's acting like he, he needs to be put on lithium. You know what I mean? He, he has these outbursts. He, you know, he's like, you know, Hillary can't be taller or younger. You know what I mean? And then you hear him say, well, she, she's a man. She can't be a man. I'm like, okay, Bill. And then she, and then Bill says something like to a black church, she says, well, you know, I can't defend Hillary anymore. But uh, God just gave us, God just gave us this predicament. We have our first woman president, and our first black president. All I can say to you is, vote your conscience.
6: <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong with the man? He's not
1: helping her.
6: No, he, and, but I, and by the way, it's the Asian population that's going to double. And incidentally, just while we're talking about Bill, while we're
4: talking about Bill Clinton and his attempt to honorize himself into the black community, uh-huh. I have noted also. Here's the other problem with that thing, and I know we're off into a whole thing here, but this is the other problem with that. Uh, He's our first black president. Like, I think it's okay for Toni Morrison or, you know, whoever to say that, but I think Bill Clinton himself then began to believe it at some point, and you just hit something else that he does. Whenever Bill Clinton is in front of a largely black uh, congregation or group or whatever, suddenly all of his vowel sounds get drawn out. And everything he says, every every one syllable becomes like four syllables, because mm-hmm. he has to speak everything like he's at a Pentecostal church. Oh
7: so, yeah, you are yeah. totally right, Pam. does that too. You. We're know.
4: gonna we're gonna have to, and she puts on a southern accent. We're gonna have to run, but thank you so much for your observations, Pam. No
2: problem. Take All care. Right, bye bye. There you go. Fantastic. Jesus.
6: All right. She was the only African American woman in New Hampshire at one point. <laughs> I just remember like back
4: in like ninety eight when just everything wrong was happening to Bill Clinton. It's like every time he turned around this woman, he groped my bosoms. <laughs> and some Hillary swindled me. It, it, or, or like Clinton caught on camera like shoveling cheeseburgers into his mouth. Every time that would happen, it's like he would immediately get himself photographed standing in a black church somehow. I just remember thinking, like, like I almost felt offended. I'm, I'm, I'm like the whitest guy on earth, and I felt offended. So, all right, Jesus. Well, now I don't have time to talk about the the Grammys. There's plenty of time. There's always time for Grammys. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's just do a couple of these, and then we'll, uh, then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Jesus. Hello. Oh, yes, Hi.
2: Good morning, everybody. What's up? What's up? All right. From all that heady political speak to recycling, um, it's it's. Really simple. What you put in the yellow bin
7: is paper, clean paper, cardboard, any kind of paper products go in there. Uh huh. Don't put any glass in there. Put all your plastic containers that have an opening that's smaller than the container itself.
2: Wow, this is really hard. <laughs> Not that hard.
4: What
5: do you do with the containers who have an opening the same size as the container?
2: Those go in the garbage. Or I don't even know what get, that means. In plastic containers Again, that have an opening. Like a milk carton. I'm, 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 I'm
4: milk Right.
7: has an opening that's smaller than the container what itself. What difference
4: you know, the, does that mean? Why, why I have no idea.
7: That's the. I read the rule some time ago. I don't know when it was, but this is what I remember from reading the... Uh,
2: wow. All right. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> and uh, good luck with that. I know you're not going to do any mm-hmm. of it, but... Um, no. No, I'm all uh, right.
7: All right. Bye now. Yeah. Oh, all right.
4: he, he meant well. I know you meant well, <laughs> sir. Can I just go back to how great it was for a minute? That, that woman interrupting the call to yell at her, quote, demented father in the background? Mm-hmm. Daddy, you hush up! Be quiet, Daddy! <laughs> That's okay. He's demented.
2: <laughs>
4: I like it when she calls. <laughs> wow. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello.
2: Hey, Rick, you know, I just wanted to let you know, I'm in Gresham. They gave us a great big roll-around blue garbage can out there.
6: That's for bodies.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, you throw, every, you throw everything into there, uh-huh. and they'll sort it out for you.
4: An arm, elect. Okay, really?
2: Uh, would I lie to you?
4: Well, okay. I'm not saying you might be lying, but really...
2: Yeah, no. They give you the only thing they say: don't throw glass in there. So cans, throw them in there. Uh, Newspapers, pile them in there. Why don't they just make? Don't even have to flatten the cardboard. Okay, then why don't
4: they just make that, that the deal with the regular trash can then? You see what I'm saying? Why do you need a special blue bin where you can just throw everything and they'll sort it out? Why can't they just do that with the because trash cans with, with we've had your, for 50 years?
2: With the regular trash, it all goes to the dump. Boom, get rid of it. In the recycling cans, a different truck comes around, picks it all up, and it goes somewhere hiring the uh, the, the illegals and the uh, stupid to sort through it all. Is there something
4: in the air today?
2: <laughs> what, was that wrong? Okay, we're moving on.
4: Bye now. God damn. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, we're going to take a break right now. That's but a, it's a cross section <laughs> of Americana. It really is true. I do think we have had um, we've had most uh, most demographics uh, and uh, segments of the. This is where you speak the... your mind. <laughs> it really it's is not true. Not like some presidential debate when everything's picked up beforehand. Uh-huh. Uh huh. As a final, just as a final thought, just uh, just on her Bill Clinton thing, because the Hillary was in the news so much this weekend, getting her clot cleaned by Barack Obama. The interesting thing about that, though, is how the Clintons, and Bill Clinton especially, he spent so much time burnishing that image of, you know, of like, well, I'm, I'm essentially a black person myself, which does him, like, no good now that an actual black person is running. Like oh, like this huge political capital that he's tried to build, just completely uh, just obliterated, totally obviated.
6: Ugh. Well, you remember a long time ago,
4: he rented office space in Harlem. I do. That's the other thing I remember. As soon as he got out of office, first that was, thing he did. That was the first thing he did. I'm gonna get office space in Harlem. And do you remember this too? Bill Clinton got office space in Harlem, and literally, like within 48 hours. And I remember because it was a big news story when it happened. Somebody really didn't think this through. First, he rents office space in Harlem, which is fine. And then, secondly, he puts an whole thing. The Bill Clinton's office is seeking interns. He put out a huge ad looking for interns. I mean, the man just has, I mean, they're like avocados. I mean, really. All right, we have to break. Back after this with... Yes. I just... You're so special. <laughs> All right. I
5: me. I'm
4: on All right, why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. My first job will be redesigning the fountain, which will always stay empty so that we can sit in it. I was watching Singles this weekend for the first time in a long time. First time in probably. First time in
5: a long time.
4: I mean, I saw it a billion times when it first came out on video, um, and um, when it came when it first came out on video, I was with a girl at the time who uh, we were both big fans of Singles, who's one of our movies. Uh, and I watched it all the time, and then I just, and then not because of her, I just sort of, you know, I just, you know, you go through phases with the movie, or cycles, mm. and I hadn't watched it for a few years, and I watched it over the weekend. You know, I have to say this, and we'll get Lisa in like five seconds. Uh, that movie still really holds up, and in fact, I would say this: Singles functions even better now than it did when it first came out.
5: I absolutely love that. That's you know, that's my favorite. Movie
4: huge. Of all time. It was a huge disappointment at the box office when it came out. It just bombed, uh, which is why so many people. That's what Jerry Maguire is about. You know how Jerry Maguire. He has that whole thing where, where, you know, the titular character, he gets a, you know, he loses his job and he's on the out and no one believes in him. Mm-hmm. And then he makes the big comeback with Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, that was about Cameron Crowe because he had fast times at Richmond High, say anything. He was considered to be a comer, as they say. Uh, and then singles bombed. And suddenly he was like, no one returned his calls. he Like, no one would talk to him. He couldn't get a lunch with anybody. So, so Jerry Maguire is very much about... It's an allegory for the relation or the the reaction that he got in Hollywood when *Singles* failed. Interesting. But *Singles* is really good. I
5: t- I think that's almost perfect. I hate the whole interaction with Bridget Fonda and Bill Pullman though. I yeah. hate Bill Pullman's character and you talk Dr. Jameson. That's yeah,
2: it's just a little awkward. It he's,
5: is really awkward. He's kind of creepy. Yeah, and it's just so displaced and he's just the whole dialogue that happens during that circumstance just really bothers
4: me the, the thing about well we have to let's okay. do this i i don't mean to just make it sound like i have to interrupt this to talk to lisa but i don't want to you know i'm just saying let's welcome now to the rick emerson show from
8: the hills the radio
4: correspondent lisa desjardins hello there
8: hi guys
4: hi i hate i didn't mean to make it sound like you were interrupting us i just know that i can go on and on with these things i am sort of uh, I do have a little bit of verbal diarrhea in some cases, so, you know, what can you it's do?
8: All, it's You know, it comes in phases. It's all good.
4: Are you a fan of the movie Singles by of Cameron Crowe? Right.
8: Soundtrack. Fantastic uh, see? soundtrack.
4: I was just going to say, then, you do not see this. See, note how I've uh, cunningly brought her on the, into the singles conversation Very so funny. I can now continue my stupid thought. <laughs> I, I was working in Washington State uh, at a rock station in 92 when that came out. And even though um, I wasn't in Seattle, but I was near Seattle, and... Uh, I mean, you know, and people who were sort of there, especially if you lived in the Northwest at that time, you lived Sarah, where were you in ninety two
5: uh in Seattle I believe
4: so yeah, you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. that just the the,
5: the, exactly. it, it the vibe
4: it. at that moment, you really did feel like like Washington state, like the Northwest, just had the whole world by by the by the short hairs. I mean, you really did feel like you were in the center of something and working at a rock radio station. In 1992, when that movie came out, I think one of the reasons that Singles didn't do better is because it had so much expectation on it, because people were expecting it to more be to be about music. I think a lot of people, in fact, a lot of the the early word that we heard about the movie Singles was, "Oh, it's about musicians trying to make it in Seattle," which is, of course, not what it's about. It's you know, it's a love story. Um, but you look back at it now, and the great thing about Singles is that A, it's a really, really perfectly crafted romantic comedy, and B, it functions uh, as, much like Office Space six years later, it functions as a perfect time capsule of a type of person in a specific era. Um, You know, uh, it really is the truest summation of that era that I've ever seen. So it's a a great film. Anyway, hi, Lisa, how was your weekend? How were things? Hey,
8: I'm I'm good. Because you know fighting for that spot at the time... Reality Bites was trying to be that movie.
4: Right. Well, and, and the time. Right.
8: There,
4: there was Reality Bites. There was another movie called Threesome that came out around that same yes. time. And Cameron Crowe's singles really is the best of all of those. It's the only one that isn't. You know, the thing about Cameron Crowe is he is a true believer. His movies, he, he, the, the thing that makes Cameron Crowe's movies great it's the same thing that makes his movies open to a lot of criticism because people think he's cloying or sappy. Cause that guy doesn't hide anything behind irony. He lays everything, you know, every emotion is right there on his sleeve. Right. And Singled is a legitimately sweet, charming film. And I actually, having watched it again this weekend, I actually like it even more than I did when it came out. And I liked it a lot when it came out. It it really is, um, you know, it, it is a perfect little slice of life uh, for that type of character at that moment, I think, in, in American history. Do you think
8: going too far to say that uh, he's the Frank Capra?
4: No, not at all.
8: Of the last, uh, last, uh, let's say, 20 years? Not at all.
4: I mean, if you think about it, I mean, if you remove... Frank van- Capra
8: really was, tried to be a little... Some of his characters were a little gruff. He tried to be a little...
4: I think if you remove um, Vanilla Sky from the equation, which really doesn't count as okay. a Cameron Crowe film because he didn't write it, um, if you look at Cameron Crowe, you've got, um, you know, you've got the wildlife, then you've got um, uh, Fast Times... Say Anything, Singles, Jerry Maguire, Almost Famous, Elizabethtown. I mean, you know, the, the single right. defining trait that every one of those movies share, they are all charming, and they all have, as corny as this sounds, they've all got heart. They really do. That's true. I mean, none more so than Almost Famous. I mean, Almost Famous is, yeah. for me, that's like the gold standard. But Cameron Crowe films, Say Anything, is in other words, go back and watch Say Anything. That movie is still, I, mean, I, I would go that's so far as to say that Say Anything is flawless.
8: Wow. You know, it's close. It is close. And, you know, because of um, Almost Famous, you know, to me now, it, it almost doesn't matter. We'll see if I have to take this back, later. it almost doesn't matter what Kate Hudson does from here on out. Like, that was just, she was in a perfect movie with a perfect part for her, and I'm I'm always going to love her for that part.
4: I remember uh, uh, being, and I've told this story before, but I remember going to see Almost Famous uh, opening weekend. I don't think it was opening night, but opening weekend, and I'm such a huge classic rock fan, and Cameron Crowe and I have a lot of the same musical touchstones, and, you know, my life was kind of changed by music at an early age, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, But I'm going to see Almost Famous, and I remember... Two or three different times during that movie. And this was just a regular, you know, uh, cross-section crowd. I mean, whoever came in off the street to watch it. A couple different times during Almost Famous, not at big climactic scenes. uh, Mm -hmm. Guys in the crowd, like just like like you could hear a guy like choking up and yeah, like a guy like crying a little behind you. And it was always at sequences that were about music or the love of music or the way that it can sort of impact you. And, you know, Cameron Crowe speaks with a voice that really is undeniably truthful. And I think it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Um, Here's the other... and I I swear we have to... We'll talk about something that matters here in a second, but...
8: He's only feeding this because I personally love it.
4: Let me just say this. Here's the other thing that Cameron Crowe does better than almost anyone I have ever seen in a filmmaking capacity. He takes the small moment that happens to everybody, but that you never really think about or recognize the importance of until you see it depicted. I'll give you two small examples of that. One Uh, is... One is in singles when... Campbell Scott and Kira Sedgwick are going to lunch, Um, he lets her into the car, she gets into the passenger seat, he walks around to the other side, and she reaches over and unlocks the door for him. Hmm. And he realizes at that moment, like, oh, she does kind of like me. She unlocked the door for me, which is a thing that is absolutely real. If somebody does that for you in real life, you read a little bit into that. There's another great moment. There's and
8: that's a, like a, that's a reference now too when you do that, you know, because because I open the door. I mean, I'll, the guys, that's their reference for that, is that movie? Totally. When you do that. The yeah.
4: the other one is in uh in Elizabeth which is not a not a perfect film, but which is, a, is certainly a very good film. In Elizabeth Town there is this great sequence where Orlando Bloom and what's her name, Kirsten Dunst are talking on the phone all night. And of course it's 2006, so they're both on cell phones. They're talking like way into the night on cell phones, and at one moment He is sitting in his bedroom and she's like sitting in her living room and they're talking on their cell phones and you see him look at his phone and then he reaches over to the wall and he brings up the cell phone charger and plugs it into the cell phone and then they continue talking. Just a tiny little moment that you don't ever see depicted in films because it does seem so incidental, but it's a great, sweet, real life moment that everybody has done. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he spotted it and incorporated it into the movie. He's, a, I can't say enough about Cameron Crowe. He really is a true American master. No getting around that. So
8: I agree. I'm, I'm 100. I'm there.
4: He is like the next Martin Scorsese.
8: <laughs> he says,
4: bringing it full circle. All right. Um, we were just lamenting uh, that there is nothing that rhymes with Barack. Um, mm-hmm. But Tim Riley has come up with we are living in Obama Nation, which doesn't really. It still didn't. It doesn't. It's not. It doesn't rhyme. But I mean, it's the, he. How important is it that he cleaned Hillary's clock this week in some sort of smaller contests?
8: You know, it, it would help him for sure, but I don't think this week... Well, we've got tomorrow. We've got Virginia, D.C., and Maryland. And, you know, Hillary Clinton has been lowering expectations on that for the last week. Saying, oh, I don't think she'll do well, don't don't think she'll do well. So the problem is the expectations are already pretty low for her. And Barack Obama has to do even better than expected. I, I think I think he's going to do fantastically in D.C. and likely in Maryland as well. Virginia is a question. And, you know, I think even if he just takes – if every single person in Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. votes for Barack Obama, that would help him a lot. But other than that, I, th- I think this race is just going to keep going like it is for, it, for after tomorrow.
4: It, it, it's still, you know, the virtual dead heat, as they say um, –
8: as they say, exactly like a 20, 20 delegate difference depending on who you look at. It's you know 1170 and for her, eleven hundred for And, and how is that? Right the, now,
4: how is that possible that they don't know? Is that because of these the the the, the people the super delegates?
8: delegates?
4: Yeah. Um, the so wacky super delegates. I guess that leads me to a couple questions. One of which is, do you see any likelihood of us getting to a scenario where the momentum and the general? Uh, gut of the nation is behind uh, Obama, but the superdelegates and the leaders of the party make the decision to take it the other way and give it to Hillary.
8: Very possible. That is most certainly possible. In fact, up till now, those super delegates and you probably talked about this. I know your dues director, Tim, probably has, but did it. We're talking about um, elected members of Congress, people who have paid a great amount of dues to the party. They've worked for the party. They've had different chairmanships or whatever with the party. Uh, the titled, I guess, crew uh, of the Democratic Party, those folks are, are your super delegates. some of them elected, some of them not. And they, by and large, up until this point, when before Super Tuesday, let's say, even before Iowa, the majority of those who had declared had declared for Hillary Clinton, and it makes a lot of sense because she's been part of the Democratic Party for so long. She knows all these guys. A lot of folks, uh, you know, feel comfortable with her and you know owe her, or she owes them, and, and that relationship's established. So it makes sense. But now we're seeing uh, the people who did not decide. Are, are just like gold in this race. And in fact, Barack Obama has been, uh, his campaign has been calling congressmen who he thinks may go for Hillary Clinton, but who represent states that voted for him, and telling them listen, this could be bad for you in the election. If you go for Clinton, but your state went for me, Maybe that's going to come up again, and that's tricky because that's all inside the Democratic Party. You're saying you're going to hurt a Democratic congressman because they went for Clinton. It, it's very tricky, but you know it, it, those dynamics are certainly out there. So I should ask you, did you caucus? Uh, well,
4: the, there was Washington.
8: Oh yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot it was already. Or-
4: yeah, there was Washington. Well, which I was going to get to in a second I'm because busy. Huckabee. Sorry. Um, the. Uh, let me ask you this: the is it bad for the? Uh, not that I'd not really care what's good so or bad good. for the Democratic Party, but I mean, yes. but I mean, is it going to cause uh, fractiousness within the Democratic Party if that is a word? If um, if it feels like the momentum is with Obama, but then they go for Hillary, is that going to then screw them this fall by demoralizing and depressing the voter turnout? The
8: issue- is the timing because there's always there are always these big fights. So the Howard Dean people were so upset that John Kerry was the nominee, but by the time they got to convention, everybody was more or less happy. There were grumblings, but they, you know they passed out the punch and threw some balloons around. Everybody was okay. The question is, how long is this going to take? Is gonna, they need a good? I'd say probably four weeks for the people who don't want Clinton to get comfortable with Obama or the reverse. Those who don't want Obama to get comfortable with her, and if this goes too close to convention, it could hurt them in the national election for sure. But I have a feeling they're, they realize there's a lot at stake here, and I, 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 it seems like they are going to try to work this out. And one reason I think that is because if you look at Al Gore, has made more and more indications over the last two days that he is not going to endorse anyone. And sources inside the Democratic Party are telling us that he sees himself really as, in a way, the elder statesman of the party now, because obviously Bill Clinton, you know, is, is biased. Sure. John Kerry doesn't really hold a lot of sway. <laughs> that's
4: a polite way to put it.
8: <laughs> so, so Al Gore is sort of the kind of last potential arbiter that's out there. And, and he's kind of holding his position in case he needs to get in a room with those two and say, guys, we got to figure this out. We can't keep this going on. So he's, holding that position right uh, now in case they need a neutral party to solve this.
2: So
4: exciting. What I, what I would not give uh, to be in that room if that conversation happened. No I mean, kidding. Those are the, th- the things that are just so fascinating, Just the, the, where you just want to be inside hearing
8: that. It would be amazing. You know, I have to say, I don't know if you've picked up on this, I think that Barack Obama, things are changing a little bit for him right now, and he, he I think, in the next few weeks and it's a, it's a risk if he does this but i i think he really does need to start coming out with some specifics. Yeah. I i mean i really have heard people that just were in love with him and i think Washington, you know, when it comes to this kind of story, you know, the people that are, you know, eating, you know, their sandwiches at Subway here are general, are sometimes a couple weeks ahead of of a trend that's going to happen politically somewhere else just because they're obsessed. But, and people around here that loved Obama a month ago, now really the the Hillary Clinton message is starting, they're starting to buy into it. Well, he's not that experienced. And, you know, we do need someone, and maybe she could do it. And even Republicans I've talked to are starting to think, Maybe Clinton would be better than McCain, even, and so she's starting to win over some people uh, with this really, I think, consistent message of I've got experience and I'm smart.
4: You can't, you just can never counter out. You just right. can't. And,
8: and and I'm telling you, telling you where I stand. You know, I'm liberal, or you know, she's not going to say that. But most people figure she's liberal, and all right, we know who she is. But Barack Obama, I think he really her criticism of him as sort of being uh, all style and no substance. People are starting to buy into that, and so he needs to come out with more substance. And he does have uh, probably a more defined plan for withdrawal from Iraq than she does. But people aren't hearing that as much. And his healthcare plan is just as defined as hers, but they're not getting that impression. So he's he's got to work on that and, and really kind of fill in between those lines in the next couple of weeks, or else. He may have a little problem there. And I got to
4: tell you, this is and this is just a gut sense. This is simply yeah. just something, a little a little voice in my head or whatever. But I I I cannot avoid the sensation that because it, that the Republicans, you know, because the Republicans obviously they've never made any any secret of their dislike and disdain for Hillary Clinton, and they've been taking shots at her for however what 16 years or whatever, and they're continuing to do it now, even before she's the nominee. You know, they're hitting her. I cannot avoid, the but not so much with Barack, and I and I can't avoid this, this feeling like the Republicans, if he gets the nominations, that the Republican the Republicans are just waiting out there in the tall grass for him. That there's <laughs> yes. something that they that some shoe that will drop that they are just waiting in the weeds for that guy.
8: Well, so. that you know, Clinton brings that up too, and she she she. Very thinly veiled. She says that. She says, you know, he's not ready to take the hits that are coming. I've already taken them. What more are they going to shoot at me? We know. But the truth, she has taken some pretty big shots at Barack Obama. I mean, they they brought up the kindergarten, his kindergarten term papers, and he wanted to be president. (laughs) I, I think the Democrats have done a lot of research on him, too. They haven't, nece- they haven't hit him as hard necessarily as Republicans would, but the Democrats have, it has not been, uh, you know, the hug fest that Hillary seemed to imply it was when she was on 60 Minutes yesterday. It, they have been tough on Barack Obama, and it's been, uh, the kind of fight that Republicans are good at, which is, I'm not gonna put out a negative ad against you. But I'm going to say things that are negative, and right. I'm going to make phone calls that are negative, and I'm going to make people, you know, question you without putting a single, without putting this ad, that Swift Boat ad. It's going to be sort of a back door, and and he has had that attack, not to the degree she has, but but he's had it. I mean, he, he's smart. He's got to stick to this. She is establishment. She does everything the same way that it's always been done in Washington I am someone who is gonna finally cut through the crap and try and get things done but he's gotta say what he's gonna get done and how
4: uh, real quickly before we go so Mike Huckabee is yeah uh, what is, is he's he suing or he's, he's investigating is, what's yeah. he doing with Washington
8: he's having a great time you know we're waiting to see exactly how this legal action pans out but he has basically said that Washington state the Republican Party there was wrong to declare that race For John McCain. He's asked them to withdraw uh, basically that projection. Uh, As right now, we've got CNN's latest figures. 87% 87% of those caucuses reported in Washington. John McCain, 26%. Mike Huckabee, 24%. And here's another story. You just don't, just, I can't give, you know, I feel like this, you just don't get enough press on this. But Ron Paul, 21% in Washington <laughs> state. But because of this Huckabee thing, uh, that's not really getting much attention. And, and I think it's significant. it's, you know, one fifth of caucus goers voted for Ron no, Paul. Oh, no, I,
4: let me tell you this. If somebody who lives in the Northwest, everywhere you go, There is Ron Paul stuff here. I mean, and they look, and I have to say this. This is no reflection on Ron Paul's policies or thoughts or his (laughs) his his libertarian ideals or whatever. Um, I will. Here's the thing about Ron Paul. He's got the worst banners I've ever seen. And (laughs) no, and I mean that here. Really? No, no, no. The people who live in who live in either Oregon or Washington have seen these because they seem to be just in the Northwest. This is the banner I'm talking about. If you live here, you've seen this. It's a banner that's on a lot of overpasses, and it says. You know, like RonPaul2008.com or whatever at the bottom. But then in big letters it says revolution, but then the E-V-O-L has been highlighted, uh, so it says love backward. And, I mean, really, that's you're never going to get elected in America with a huge political banner that says love. It's just not going to work. It's not going to happen. This is like the time that I that I went by. It's kind
8: of cute that they're trying. I mean, that's such a great kind of like high school. Guys, Let's <laughs> come on.
4: Let's put on a campaign. Let's
8: do a campaign. No,
4: it's let's win of, one for Johnny.
8: You wish it was more like that. Exactly. No, it is.
4: It is that I will give you. It's a cute campaign. I will give you that. <laughs> All right. Uh, on that note, I know we've taken up like five hours of your life here. Um, uh, We will let you go. Are you on tomorrow?
8: I am on tomorrow. I'm coming in, yes. I come in a little bit later because we've got the primaries going on, the Potomac primaries, as they like to say.
4: Excellent. So I'll uh, come in later tonight. All right. We Hope will to talk you. to you then. All right.
8: Hi now. There you Bye.
4: go. Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> tonight we rock Portland. All right. Um, I guess we're breaking. Well done, Sarah. I've been on the phone with her for like an hour. Um, we come back. Uh, we've got an observation about the Curious uh, Central opening the door lock in singles. Somebody about <sighs> recycling. Uh, and most importantly, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth, who has news for us. Stay there. Be back after this. It is the Rick Emerson Radio program. And a few will get the, yes, more calls on recycling and uh, somebody about the movie Singles. Later on, uh, Peter Carlin joining us, James Roop from Los Angeles. And don't forget, in just a couple hours, uh, we will have the three finalists in the AM 970 Spam Sculpting Contest in the studio just inches away from this man, Tim Riley.
2: It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley.
6: Now another guy running a bike been hit by a car. This happened a Northeast 41-year-old Dennis Blay was taken to a manual with non-life-threatening injuries. This a, a collision occurred at Northeast 47th and Browsy Street the driver was going in the wrong direction on a roundabout, and uh, some guy named Christopher Oslo also got a ticket for failing to obey a traffic device when entering a traffic circle or a stop sign. So he went counterclockwise instead. No, he went clock. He went clockwise, I guess, instead of counterclockwise at the roundabout. So he drove the wrong way and hit the guy on the bike.
4: Oh, I see. All right. Okay. Yeah. now yeah. well, northeast seems to be a bad place. But, like having like three quarters of the, those bike uh, the hitings. Mm-hmm. It's not really the right way. Bike hittings um, have happened there. There was the one downtown, but I think a whole bunch have happened there. So you need to, uh, to get with labeling those streets a little bit better.
6: A woman with a history of mental problems is still missing after jumping out of a moving car. The last time her friends saw Heidi Anderson, she suddenly opened the door and stepped out of a slowly moving car. Uh, they watch as she quickly boarded a bus near the intersection of Northeast 80th Avenue and Northeast Sandy. The bus was bound for downtown. Uh, she has no history of illegal drug or alcohol abuse, but she does have bouts of paranoia at times. Uh, she wasn't arguing with anyone before she just took off. She's 5'4", weighs 120 pounds, and apparently they haven't found her yet. But she has a history of mental episodes, but she has never run away before.
4: How is it that when I take the bus, I have to wait like 45 minutes for the stupid thing to arrive? A mentally ill woman needs a bus, and one appears magically. She got right out of the car, and a bus was right there, and she got on it and sped
6: away. I mean i the bus is scary i I rode on one of those uh, recently. recent will fit right in, and gee, I never
4: sausage people anyway. Yeah, the bus
5: is pretty bad no oh, the yeah. bus
4: is and often reeking of urine mm-hmm. I mean that seems or maybe that's just the buses in my neighborhood and you
5: and we've talked about this how like the either crazy or mentally retarded person always talks to oh, you oh no they they know they, no, you no, they you send are, you like, you, like, mm-hmm.
4: you know you they know they they all it's like how the loud drunk at the bar sits next to you and starts talking, hey, uh. How's
6: it going? It's like, I just want to eat
4: my peanuts. Leave me alone.
6: And then the seats are covered with some material that's similar to a cushion, although I don't think it's a cushion. On the bus? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And it's and, like,
4: Ugh. And you know that it absorbs human stench. Yeah. Uh, you, know the, you know those seats? Like, those whose seats. Whose idea was this? And of a, fluids and everything. <laughs> See, I wasn't going to say fluids. Do you know in the kitchen, have you seen, we have a bodily fluid disposal kit? Yeah, I saw that. Tim? Yeah. It's right up there in the, the first aid kit. It's like... Gauze bandages, like headache powders or whatever, and then headache powders, uh, and then the bodily fluid disposal kit. I want to know what that kit consists of. Like, is it just a sponge? Or, I mean,
6: well, the next time someone's bodily fluids leak out of them, we'll find out, won't (sighs) we?
4: You are really right, though, about those cloth seats on the bus. It's like, yeah, And you know, it's I'm a whole not, lot of... I'm not going to sit on this thing. 500,000 people uh, for the course of a summer with, like, bad, uh, like, revealing oh, like shorts. Short shorts. Totally, like, sweating into the
6: seat. But, but it makes you feel like I've really done something wrong in my life to force <laughs> me to ride on this thing.
4: Like you're paying off a karmic <laughs> yeah. debt. Uh, well, let's quickly get the... Hello, hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. Hi, Rick, this uh, is Brian. Hey, what's up?
9: Hey, uh, long time first time. I work in Thank the recycling sir. industry. Yes. And you can't put plastic in there because when it goes to sort, it goes to a, what's called a trammeler, which separates out all the, uh, paper and cardboard. Uh huh. And the plastic bags fall in there and they jam up the equipment. And glass, since everything's rubber, cuts up the rubber belts and, uh, um, causes your maintenance people to do a whole bunch of work.
4: Wait, so what are you telling me? What should I be doing or not doing?
9: Don't put the plastic bags in there. Don't, and keep your glass separate. <sighs>
4: so, the glass goes in like the the little yellow bin. Yeah. And where do plastic bags go?
9: The plastic bags, I guess you're supposed to take back to your store because when they go to the sort line, they. Well, that's yeah, never gonna happen. What? Okay.
4: What, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to knock you, sir. But I'm saying they're putting way too much faith in humanity. Don't don't you think? Oh. I mean, really, it's, uh, really honestly, I got, I got dishes in my sink that have needed to be washed for many, many days, and those are only like four feet away from the couch. The, the idea that I'm gonna pack up all my used plastic bags and then take them to the supermarket at some point, that's just, uh, that's just wrong thinking, is what that is.
9: I would totally agree with you, and since I do the maintenance on it, it's more work for me, so I win in the end.
4: Uh. <laughs>
9: Excellent. So, so
4: my sloth is your job security. You betcha. Fantastic. All right. Thank you, my friend. All, right.
9: no All right. problem. Let's do uh, one more, here, and then we'll
4: uh, continue. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show.
9: Good day, Rick. Hello. Brief, uh, brief offers or observation from Lisa. Did she use the words backdoor and Clinton in the same sentence?
2: It's entirely possible,
4: sir. I don't know that I'm as finely attuned to those words as you are, but yes. <laughs> Excellent.
9: The previous observation was in the movie uh, that you were talking about, Say Anything. There was a movie before that called Bronx Tale, directed by De Niro. Yes, right, commentary. Right. Yeah. There's the brief reference in there of the girl leaning over and, and unlocking the door, and that was the whole preference being if she really loves you, and if it's really the gal, yeah. she's got to reach over and do it. Bronx
4: Tale is a great movie mm-hmm. based on the stage play of the same name. It, it really is very, very good. Yeah.
9: Unfortunately, your lead uh, lead actor, the kid in that movie, uh, I believe was shot and killed in a, as a perpetrator in a New York burglary. Oh, thanks years. for
4: being a big downer. Oh, I do remember yeah, that, actually. Sure, yeah. I remember that.
9: Tragic. Now,
4: thanks for bringing the room down. Excellent. Anything to do to help? (laughs) Bye. See ya. Here's Tim Riley, the Ministry
2: of Truth.
6: Then some guy fell out of a moving car over the weekend and he died. 27 year old Victor Vega Espinosa was riding home from some event with several other family members when the accident happened in the Couve. It was at 63rd and 100th Avenue in Clark County. He was riding in the back seat when he complained about being sick. So, what did he do? Opened up the car door and wasn't wearing a seatbelt and just fell out. Hold on, I've got to lean out for just a second. No, no, no. Don't slow down. Uh, a motorist stopped his car on the Bridge of the Gods and got out and jumped at the Columbia River 150 feet below. He's dead. Uh, let's see. Well, that's the end of the story, really. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> well, looking... <that's> the
4: <laughs> There's no, no he, further he explanatory detail. He left, he left his him. boring
6: home <laughs> and just drove over there and jumped off the bridge and died.
4: I wonder how long he lived there and for how long the idea had occurred to him. Mm-hmm. Well, never mind. I guess we'll never know.
6: All right. Uh, cops in the coup were trying to figure out why somebody gets stabbed in a funeral home. This happened at Northeast 112th Avenue. They found a woman stabbed in the abdomen. She was inside the car and she was leaving the area and she was going to the hospital. Her injuries aren't life-threatening and nobody's really cooperating about the stabbing in the funeral but home. But no
4: one, I mean, didn't she, did she not, oh, is this like a no-snitching thing? Has she not told yeah. the cops why? Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Okay.
6: Uh, the Marine Corps vet has two black eyes with bruised ribs after chasing down some guy who broke into his house. Uh, he, they stole a whole bunch of things, so he saw the guy, so he chased the guy down the alley, and they saw a strange bicycle parked outside the house, so they figured out that's where the suspect would come back. The man looped around the block, and the guy was waiting for him, this time with a shovel during the tussle, neighbors called call 911, and the suspect got away. So, uh, the guy held him down for a while, and, uh, well, he beat the, uh, Jesus out of him, and, uh... The man uh, tried to gouge out his left eye with his thumb, so he let him go. It was quite a fight, this guy served in the Marines. Wait, so
4: the guy, the, the alleged uh, thief, was thief. beaten with a shovel? Yes, apparently. That's fantastic.
6: So uh, the homeowner jumped over two fences and tackled him. He had the suspect in the chokehold, but then the man tried to gouge out the good guy's eye So with then, his then thumb. they let the thief go. Right. All right. Has he been caught? Uh, let me look here. It appears to be random. Uh, they haven't arrested anybody yet. Well,
4: he can't be that hard to spot. He's got a bunch of shovel marks on his face. That's true. Beating somebody with a shovel must be uniquely satisfying. I'd like to do that. I real me too. I remember seeing a great. Uh, it, it was one of those weird, like photo caption pictures that is just really random, but it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And this is about three or four years ago, and somebody sent me the greatest photo of Donald Rumsfeld It was Donald Rumsfeld. Back when he used to give those defense, to, but do you remember how great those were? Those were the salad days of uh, of the Iraq War when Donald Rumsfeld would get up there and scream at the press corps. He just disappeared. I know he's where. I don't even know where he is anymore. He's just sort of gone. Wherever they keep Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> but do you remember the? Uh, do you remember how Donald Rumsfeld used to get up there and reporters would be so about this or you shut up. I know what's bad. It was like at any moment, at any moment you thought that it, ow, he was just going to bring a gun out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a great photo somebody sent me. It was of Donald Rumsfeld standing at the podium, like, looking at the camera. And he was sticking his finger at the camera. And the caption just said, I will beat your ass with a shovel. Which is great because it's exactly the kind of thing you could see Donald Rumsfeld saying. Wonderful. All right.
6: He's not saying that anymore. No? Uh, well, he could be. Just to somebody else in a smaller room. Let's see. We have a couple of shootings here. First, a Clackamas County Sheriff's deputy shot some guy after the guy pulled out a handgun in a life threatening fashion, which would be... Any cop Uh, would take it that way. That's a shootable offense. Yep. Uh, He's a 31-year-old Aaron Damien Gannon of Clackamas. Apparently, there was a report of a man at the Twin Creek Apartments on Sunnyside Road in the Clack. Uh, His wife... The (laughs) Clack! He came to the complex uh, hoping to get back together with her and the three kids. She refused, so she called nine one one because uh, they were worried he would hurt himself. So he couldn't do it without this woman at Clackamas, <laughs> and came back to make her if his can, woman again.
4: If I, if I can't have my Clackamas love, <laughs> life just ain't worth living.
6: And what what kind of a Valentine's Day would it be without it, really? <laughs> so uh, he failed to comply with what he was ordered to do, and they just shot him. And now he's dead. And the woman is free to seek a new love. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> Apparently, this uh, this uh, man from the clack <laughs> tried to commit suicide three other times and failed. What a loser. He should have jumped off the bridge of the gods. should have
4: jumped off the bridge of the gods.
6: Maybe he still has a chance. <laughs> you, sir, will get six years in jail, or you could jump off the bridge of the gods.
4: <laughs> so her options are wide open for this Thursday. Mm-hmm.
6: Wonderful. <sighs> Excellent. So, uh, send her a Vermont teddy bear. We'll you when you get around to it. <laughs> <What is> it? <laughs> or some roses from one eight hundred. What is it? One eight hundred
4: flowers. you can use this in your neck? Pro Flowers doesn't wish to be associated with this story. I was going to say you can localize it. and give a local <laughs> name to it. The Vermont teddy. You'll love our wonderful Undertaker bear.
6: All right. And let's see. Uh, some teenagers shot in uh, North Killingworth, but that's nothing new. At least the three young men who beat a homeless man who who bought the beer, have been sentenced Uh, 16-year-old Sean Soldier Glancy. His middle name is Soldier. Will serve 70 months. They say uh, a 43-year-old, Andrew Gonzalez, made a beer run for Glancy and two other underage young men. He bought you beer and then you beat him. Right. They planned to kill him for the thrill of it and steal his backpack and bicycle. But a homeless woman camped nearby a boat ramp along the Willamette scared them off by yelling that the police were coming. Uh, Gonzalez barely survived the beating and the stabbing he took. So... The 17-year-old from Gresham, where else, and the 20-year-old transient, which is the same as Gresham, have also uh, pled guilty. So, uh, charges of attempted murder have been dropped.
4: How thrilling can it be to even hit, kill a homeless guy? I mean, don't you think that's the low-hanging fruit of, of random murder? I would think so.
6: Jesus, you know,
4: don't even have to work at that. No. Um. Let's see here. Hi, you're on the. Rick. I'm going to start using the, the phrase "the clack." I'm going to work that into my uh, into my everyday lexicon. <laughs> you're on the Rick Everson Show. Hello.
10: Hey, Rick. What's up? What's Rick? up? Hey. Hey, uh, I wanted to just say I'm sure you guys have hit on this uh, probably last week. Well,
4: so. then be sure to say it again right now.
10: I will indeed. Uh, I appreciate your website. I really appreciated the review of uh, the 4th of July by Shooter Jennings. Yes. And since then, that song has just infected my brain. It's a, uh,
4: yeah, I wrote a blog uh, last week about this guy Shooter Jennings, who was Waylon Jennings' kid, and uh, and who and when 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 someone is the son of a really successful musician, you expect almost nothing from them. It's like the Jacob Dylan thing, where you just are you are, you just accept the fact that they're going to suck. Uh, and he doesn't, uh, which makes it you know it's it's actually pretty exceptional. So yeah, I uh, wrote a thing about that last week.
10: Well, I went on to the uh, the iTunes, and ever since then, it's been playing in my head nonstop. But... Excellent. I also wanted to inform you of a uh, another band I found on the iTunes uh-huh. called the Wanderstrucks. W-O-N-D-E-R-S-T-R-U-C-K-S.
3: I don't know
4: the anything
10: wonder about Stucks?
4: that.
10: Do they have,
5: did they have a website? Did you know?
10: I'm sure that they do have a, a MySpace, and you can go on iTunes and uh, purchase their debut like the music. Uh, I'm sure
6: it's reasonably priced.
10: It is, it is reasonably priced, That's and I would ask you all to
6: uh, do it right now. What a great Valentine's gift for the one you love. <laughs> yes indeed. Don't give candy this year. Fantastic. Right. Thank you, th- th- thank you, sir.
5: Bye. The gift of music is a beautiful gift, Tim Riley. It
6: is. It's a lasting gift. It's wonderful. Here's Tim Riley. Thank you, sir. <laughs> well, the new county sheriff's name is Skipper. Uh he's a former sheriff named Bob Skipper, and once again he is becoming Sheriff Bob Skipper. He served as Multnomah County Sheriff from 1989 to 1994. He'll take over temporarily until a special election is found to replace Sheriff Justo. He's retiring. It could be uh, 30 days, 6 months, or more. Uh, Justo plans to retire before the end of the year. He faces a hearing tomorrow concerning ethical questions that could jeopardize his license to practice law enforcement. So that's that. Consumer complaints about websites, about dating or mushrooming, a uh, consumer's finally complaint with the Better Business Bureau on dating sites increased 73% in 2006 over the previous year. There are now 2,525 complaints altogether. Americans spend hundreds of millions of dollars on online dating sites alone each year. As uh, the popularity of the industry increases, so does the number of complaints. Uh, whether you're willing to pay $1,000, wow, you pay $1,000 to the matchmaker, or just $50 a month for a website membership, it's important to know exactly what you're getting into the uh, demographics and caliber of available singles uh, make up thirty five percent of the complaints. Uh, many complaints said they were matched with singles that did not, that did not meet their criteria.
4: So this is guys who uh, wanted uh, like some hot chick and instead it's just a bunch of house Or people whatever. Are, people
6: have smoked, uneducated, they live too far away, or were still married. <laughs> <laughs> or the or that's uh well, never mind. Um many complaints uh, are, are being intimidated and outright duped by sales associates in uh these matchmaking services. Well, well, let me just put it this
4: way: Does anybody here
6: know anybody who uses one of these paid matchmaking
4: services? No.
5: See, I don't think that would be something you'd know because they probably secretly do it.
4: I know, I know one person who does. Yeah, and uh, it is it's successful? it successful? No. No, it's not. It is staggeringly unsuccessful. You know
5: what you should do sometimes if you want to kill an hour is go on like any of the uh, Portland, like Portland Mercury, and go to the singles pages. Mm-hmm. It's astounding how many people I'll I'll see on there that I know. Really? Yeah. It was. It's well, I mean, crazy. it's nothing to be
4: ashamed of. I it's don't think there's anything sh- wrong know, with that.
5: But it's weird because I'll see them out and I'm like, okay, you just you seem like you're not, you know, looking for a relationship, looking right. for love, and then I see like they have a full-on profile looking to date.
4: I know someone. It's a woman who uh, who uses one of these. Uh, Paid day services and boy, it's like one loser after another. Mm-hmm. <laughs> seriously, what one one completely uh, dishonest, self-aggrandizing loser who's like reality bears nothing of a resemblance to his profile.
6: Like using a photo from 1978,
4: <laughs> totally it, 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 dimly lit, where uh-huh. <laughs> with with one long, long swath of hair, sort of combed over the whole middle. Yeah, yeah, and then he, and then he made him, and he's just like a just a little homunculus. Yeah.
6: So I think that these things don't go very well.
4: Well, I'm just saying, this person doesn't really seem to uh, seem to think that their $50 a month is paying off in spades. Let's put it that way. Uh, this guy says, hey, Rick, I work at a Fred Meyer store when that big plastic bag in the front aisle of the grocery store containing your recycled plastic bags was full. We just take it on the back and smash it in the compactor and put it in the regular trash. Thought you'd like to know. That's See, that's what I thought. I didn't, th- I didn't think it was really
6: recycled anyway. So there you go. Um...
4: And, uh, anyway, here's Tim Riley.
6: Uh, Residents of the city of Frankenmouth, Michigan, are warned of splashing toilets. Frankenmouth? Frankenmouth, Michigan. Is that like a a thing you get when you have sex with a corpse? I suppose so. Uh, I've got a bad case of Frankenmouth. Maintenance of the city's sewer lines is causing quick bursts of water to splash out of residents' toilets. The uh, problem is affecting many of Frankenmouth's households. It's really strange, said the city manager. The maintenance usually causes only mild gurgling. But in some homes, water has burst onto the walls and floors of the city. Frankenmouth. Are you
4: sure that these... Is Frankenmouth built on an Indian burial ground or something?
6: The Department of Public Works uses a spray nozzle to boost the water pressure in sewer pipes every year to flush out the pipes. The city had previously uh, posted notices in local newspapers to alert residents of the work. But because of the recent splashing... The city decided to post notices on residents' doors, telling them to use precautions. The maintenance is still underway, and it takes about a week. Uh, they're not sure when it's going to end exactly, uh, because many of the public works employees are busy plowing the snow and salting <laughs> roads. <laughs> Brittany Murphy
4: is Frankenmouth.
6: Uh, four people were injured, including a woman who was hospitalized when a fire broke out during a popular safari ride at Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park. Is this the Jungle Boat Ride? This is the theme park's Kilimanjaro Safari Trek Ride. It prompted a woman to jump out of a truck. Uh, Three others who treated for minor injuries in connection with a fire. Uh, Disney representative Andrea Finger said a uh, truck engine at the Kilimanjaro Safari ride caught fire when the engine hose failed. Uh, Finger said the officials were inspecting all the vehicles before the ride reopened. Finger, I barely knew her. It's only the third time in four months that somebody has died at the park. (laughs) Well, considering all the people who go through... Worst job ever...
4: I guess, statistically speaking, it is still safer than driving. Right.
6: Jesus. The Kilimanjaro ride is a, uh, it's a 180 acre I deep love, ride. I love the first syllable of the ride's name is kill. Kilimanjaro, <laughs> yes. They have uh, close-up views of exotic African animals.
4: And of your own death. <laughs> Get an exciting view of your own blood. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. If you were a girl named Finger, wouldn't you be for changing that, like, right away? That would be, yes. It's like I... Well, never mind. Anyway, hi. Like I I told you, I went to school with a girl. I, her last name was Ho. H-O. I mean, come on. <laughs> Mom, Dad, let's get with the program. Fifty bucks at the county court's office. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hello. Yes, hello,
2: sir.
10: Okay. Uh, oh. I'm not sure guys are aware of this, but uh, the new vegan restaurant... Oh, God. Apartment.
2: Not again. Here
6: we go.
10: Okay, it's called Casa Diablos, mm. and it's a strip club.
4: It's a strip club, you're saying? Strip
2: club. What? Yeah.
4: yeah. Hello? Are you still there?
2: Yes, yeah. oh, sir. I...
4: No. Damn these phones. One thing after another today. Jesus. Hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
7: Frankenmuth. <laughs> what? Frankenmuth, not Frankenmouth.
2: How is it spelled?
7: How is it spelled? I don't know. I grew up by there, so I know it's pronounced Frankenmuth.
4: Nah, we're going to continue to do Frankenmouth. <laughs> you like Funnier. that better.
7: But the town of Frankenmuth, it basically is its just Frankenstein. two big German chicken restaurants downtown that compete each other for business. That's all that's in Frankenmuth.
6: What's the difference between a German chicken and seeing an American chicken?
4: <laughs> is it just like women, like in later holes?
7: They march across the yard. I don't know.
4: All right. Frankenmuth. Where, Frankenmuth. Where is this
7: at? It's in, oh, it's near central Michigan. It's in the central part of the state. What are the
4: odds that we would have somebody in the audience from there?
7: Well, I'm not from there. Uh-huh. I'm near there.
4: Whatever. We, I mean, we
7: take pride in not being from there. So what is this? Is the, oh, it's that
4: town. It's that town. That Everybody really goes, well, look, at least I'm not from, and then they point to, Break like. Breaking mouth. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Well, at least I'm not from Estacada. That's what that is. At least my kids don't go to Cleveland. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Like it was. Clearly dislikes the town, but is protective enough of it that he wanted to call up and point that out. Here's Tim Riley.
6: Uh, Paris Hilton. Uh, well, she her, apparently her uh, new movie, The Huddy and the Naughty. Has anyone heard of that? <laughs> well, it opened at several theaters and earned a grand total of nine thousand dollars over the weekend. That's eighty-one dollars per screen. <laughs> eighty-one dollars. That's so great. In contrast, a new uh, romantic adventure flick Fools Gold, which also opened over the weekend, which is like own, the worst thing ever. Apparently. I can't wait to own 7.65 billion dollars.
4: <laughs> <laughs> let's hold on. I got to figure out how many
0: times. Hold on a second. She also Where's has an,
6: a movie musical coming out called Repo the Genetic art Opera oh, alongside uh-huh. Paul Servino. Okay, and how much money did Fools Gold make? Uh, Fools Gold made 7.65 million Seven dollars. Point, so we'll say 7.7. 7. Uh, wait, no, I'm sorry, that's wrong, hold on,
4: 770,000, 770,000, 7.7 uh, 770, 7. 7 million, okay, divided by how much did Paris' film make total,
6: <laughs> uh, let's see here, let me look here, Richie's
4: saying the screen, I am not taking any more vegan stripper bar- ball call- calls, uh, just $9,000,
6: 9000 I guess even. Or maybe they rounded it off to make it seem a little bit better. Their
4: movie made 855 times what Hearst did. <laughs> they made 900 times Hearst. <laughs> That's great. Excellent. Well done, Paris. Fantastic.
6: Okay. So I guess it drove $22 million for some reason. I'm looking at a different one. What? Uh, Fool's Gold. Oh, really? Okay, hold on. I've got to do the calculations
4: again. Let's see. 22.5, you're saying? Uh, yep, that's, that's let's just round up, up to 23. Mm-hmm. 20, 23. Let's say 223. 23 million? Yeah. Divided by, and hers made what? 9,000? 9, 9,000. I'm sorry. Their movie made 2,555 times what hers did. Excellent. Fantastic. How proud your father must be. All right, there you go. Let's do uh, one more and we'll take a, a little bit of a break here.
6: All right, let's see here. Well, let's do the snuff watch. Uh, Get it out of the
4: way. Here's your snuff watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program.
6: Schneider, a two-time Oscar nominee, best known for his role as the police chief of the blockbuster movie Jaws, has died. He was 75. Uh, He passed away at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences Hospital in Little Rock. The hospital did not release a cause of death. However, a hospital spokeswoman said he was treated for multiple myeloma at the hospital's uh, Institute for Research and Therapy over the past two years. He was nominated for the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor in 1971's The French Connection, in which he played the police partner of Oscar winner Gene Hackman for the Best Actor for the 1979 All That Jazz movie. However, he was best known for his role in Steven Spielberg's 1975 film Jaws, the enduring classic about a killer shark terrorizing beachgoers, as well as millions of moviegoers. Widely hailed as the film that launched the era of the Hollywood blockbuster, It was also the first movie to earn $100 million at the box office. Schneider starred with uh, Richard Dreyfuss, who played an oceanographer in 2005. One of Schneider's most famous lines in the movie, You Gotta Need a Bigger Boat, was voted number 35 on the AFI Institute's list of best quotes from U.S. movies.
4: Now, you remember when Jaws came out, probably. I mean that. I mean, and I wasn't. I mean, it was really young when Jaws came out, so I didn't get to sort of experience the mania firsthand. It, it cleared out uh, Cape Cod for the summer. You know that. And between that, you know, the funny thing about that is, it, within the space of just a couple of years, there was Amity as depicted in Jaws, and then the Amityville Horror came out. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, idea, the working on the tourism board for Amity must have been a real challenge after that. Um, there's a great documentary that I've got. If you get the Jaws uh, 25th Anniversary Edition, which uh, I picked up at CD Game Exchange for just $8, um, it's got a two-hour documentary where they talk about that whole Jaws phenomenon where people were so terrified after that movie that they were recording they were re- reporting sharks in, like, lakes and ponds. I mean, everywhere. You know, Roger, or no, it was Gene Siskel who said this. Gene Siskel said that uh, he made this comment, I mean, think it was before he died, but it was in, like, ninety. 95, something like that, where Gene Siskel said that since seeing the movie Jaws, he had never again gone in water over his head. Uh, just a uniquely terrifying film. I mean, really unbelievably yeah. terrifying. And um, and so Roy Scheider was also uh, in, the, as you said, All That Jazz. He played Bob Fosse. Uh, he was in The French Connection. He was in uh, Blue Thunder. Many uh, people in my generation remember Blue Thunder, which is a great, terrible movie. So, um, I mean, but it really was, I mean, I've seen Jaws probably jesus 200 times maybe i mean just really an indelible uh act uh you know that he, he turned into that film so that sucks yep well, there you go roy Scheider, dead. dead uh take a break back after this don't go anywhere see Emerson radio program So yeah, something like end of uh, So we'll go like a Friday afternoon, and then stay, and then come back like Sunday night. So. she's going to Provo again. She's such. A, I mean, she's a much better daughter than I ever was a son. So she's going to see her parents again in Provo uh, at the end of this month. So it's going to be like a yin and yang. She's going to go to Provo, but then the payoff is uh, we're going to go to Vegas. So. All right, five zero three 503-733-2970. This is Tim Riley.
6: Well, Dolly Partner has announced she is postponing her upcoming North American concert tour because her famously enormous breasts have given her chronic sore back pain. Oh, Dolly. Hey, you try wagging these puppies around a while, and you see why I have back problems. She's 62 years old. Doctors told her to take it easy for at least I two months. I so much. I really do. Take uh, it easy by not standing up. Do the whole show on your back. The, um,
4: well, whatever. Uh, I mean, I was going to say... Don't you think those back problems would have manifested themselves, oh, I don't know, when she was nine or whenever it is she says she's got that? I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't – or maybe is it just like a – That was so awkward. I mean, I don't really know what it's like to have bosoms. Is is that a thing that is – is that a cumulative problem over time, do you suppose? Or is it a thing that comes with age,
5: maybe? No, a lot of women get, like, breast reduction surgeries because there's so much weight on the front that it hurts her back. But, I mean,
4: why at 62? Why not, like, at 52 or 32? So she's had them for, like, 40 years. So, I mean, whatever. I mean, you know, she's the one who has to lug him around, not me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, that sucks because you know, I've never uh, been able to see her live.
6: I've never been – have uh, a huge fan of her. I've never been able to see her in concert. So, all right. That's that. So, uh, let's talk about uh, politics, shall we? Because we haven't about half an hour. Before. By the
4: way, can I just say ah, – never mind. No, go ahead. I'm just going to say this, yes, uh, and I know I speak for a lot of guys who came of age around the same time. One of the great disappointments of my life was when I was around 13 or 14 – um and um, as uh, as John Keating would say in the Dead Poets Society, young and full of hormones. Um, but uh, and I think the issue predates that. I think it was a couple old, years old at that point. But a friend of mine had managed to steal, I think, from his older brothers, like sock drawer or something, had stolen a copy of Playboy magazine, which in those pre-internet days that was like as good as gold. That was like Wonka's golden ticket. Um, we didn't have this hot and cold running pornography that you kids have now so um we didn 't have Red X porn Tube or whatever it was that site the guy that guy that called us and told us about that um, anyway, so he stole this copy of Playboy, and of course, he was so intent on like getting it out of the house undiscovered that he never bothered to open it up, so he just opened the drawer, got the playboy, grabbed it, and like got on his b m x got in his huffy bike, and sped it over to my house, and on the cover of this Playboy magazine was Dolly Parton. It was Dolly Parton in like the Playboy Bunny of it, where she's got the ears and the cottontail and the bustier and the whatever that, you know. And of course, then as now, you see a girl on the cover, you assume that she's gonna be nude inside. And it was one of the great disappointments of my life that we went page by careful page through that Playboy magazine. Dolly Parton was nude nowhere inside. And we found out later, of course, that she's never done she realizes that mystery is her best asset. Oh, um, yeah, she's, she's a trashy, classy lady. Totally. A but, classy, yeah. trashy. But she knows that to give it away would be giving it away. And you know what I mean? In yeah, other right words... Yeah,
6: a thing. Exactly. There's nothing left to give away. Totally. It's,
4: like, it, it, you know, it's the same reason that Kiss wouldn't let themselves be seen out of makeup for a long time. Dolly Parton knows if she, ever, if she ever were to bear it. I mean, even now, she could probably command, I would guess, six figures to go topless. Even now. Uh, because there's just so much mystique and whatever about her image and her huge proportions and whatever. Um, but, boy, just it was the unkindest cut at 13 to think that we were going to see Dolly Parton topless. And then there was nothing. It was instead of, you know, the Playboy interview with Milton Berle. So, anyway,
6: here's Tim Riley. So uh, Yahoo has just rejected Michael, Microsoft's bid for $44.5 billion to buy them out. They're angling for a better offer. Uh, Mike Huckabee's campaign is challenging the results of Saturday's caucus in Washington State. Uh, Huckabee's camp is upset with the state's Republican declaration that John McCain won all the delegates.
4: I've never heard of anything so outrageous. It'd be like stopping the Super Bowl with two minutes left and going over to the Giants bench and saying, you know what, we think the Pats are going to win this thing, so why bother with the final two minutes? Let's call it a night and get to the parties. That football analogy is how
6: he speaks to the common man. Mm -hmm. Uh, he wants things done by the book in Counting the Delegates in uh, Washington State. There are a lot of irregularities. We've had just, I mean, dozens of people call us and
9: say that uh, the way things were carried out, they uh, walked in and they were not even given ballots. They were just told, well, we're, we're working off the registration sheets. We want a full accounting.
4: Well, I didn't have time to really talk about this with Lisa because we spent like an hour talking about Cameron Crowe films. But I'm really kind of unclear as to what happened here. So is it just, were people like turned away no. At the caucusing place, or no. did they just call it for McCain without counting 100 percent of the votes? Exactly. Uh, well, see, I'd be, I'd be pissed if that was me. Mm-hmm. If I'd voted and they didn't count my vote, I mean, that would, you know, that's the whole, the, the Florida thing again. So,
6: well, with some ridiculous reason, <laughs> and because it's on Fox, uh, the Republican Party thinks that the nominee of Herot needs the blessing of President Bush to get elected. <laughs> that's
4: ex- that's the key to victory: is to align yourself with George W. Bush. Uh
6: huh. Uh, he told uh, John McCain to stay uh, focused on core conservative principles. Like that matters to anyone.
9: So let's uh, I know it. him well. Uh, I know his convictions. I course.
7: know the principles that drive him. And no, my, no doubt in my mind, he is a true conservative.
6: Boy, that voice got stale about six or seven years ago. I was just gonna, you yeah. know,
4: and I realize now how long it's been since we played any sound clips by George Bush. Just when you play that right now, I just, I I'm re- not gonna play it again. we have just sort of moved on. I mean, I think we've exhausted all of the. All of, you know what George Bush is? George Bush is like when you go to work in a chocolate factory and you think it's going to be great. I work in a chocolate factory. I can eat chocolate all the time. And then you fast forward about three weeks later and you've, you've just had your fill of chocolate for five or six years. That's what George W. Bush is. There's not even any comedy value left in him speaking.
6: I bet you'd rather hear about a dog show, then. More than anything, mm-hmm. about 2,000 pooches and getting all gussied up where they debut in the 132nd Westminster Kennel Dog Show. It's going on today at Madison Square Garden. Dog concierge Jerry Gimmick says 2,400 dogs from over 160 breeds are getting pampered across the street at the Hotel Pennsylvania to make sure they're ready for the judges. Mm-hmm. Who'll be grading man's best friend on their etiquette walk and yes, their haircuts.
4: We start with the jogger dog treadmills. We have the his and her canine loo sectioned off so everyone gets their privacy, mm-hmm. and we got the the bathing tubs in the back, the grooming tables. We have our dog tours corner with a psychic and a pet masseuse. <laughs> jeez! Oh, this country sucks. <laughs> I mean, this country is great for the same reason that it blows. Meanwhile, my dog is sitting at home like sharing my Kraft macaroni and cheese with me.
11: Pretty and... <laughs> much.
6: <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Uh, some of the Grammys were disappointed because hardly anybody watched. But we found some good sound bites anyway. Uh, Amy Winehouse gives a shout-out to her jailed husband.
4: Come on,
12: my Blake incarcerated, <laughs> and for London, this
3: is for London, because
4: Town is down. She was great; as she really was. Well, I ex- she actually do. She's quite the character. It was, you know, what it was a it was a case of managing expectations with her because I expected I expected her just to be a wreck. I mean, I expected her. Uh, first of all, she didn't lip sync, which is pretty great. I mean, I don't know if she had a backing track musically. I forget if there was a band up there or not, but she she did sing. Um... As opposed to almost everybody else, Beyonce, I am looking at you. So she actually sang and sounded really good. And you did sort of remember, like, ah, she's a musician. That's right, I forget. Um, but uh, you just expected her to be a drooling, shambling husk, just sort of vomiting and then falling over into the drum stand. And, I mean, it didn't I mean, it didn't happen. She came out and she sang. It wasn't anything really special musically. Um, But, you know, it's just pretty much is a rote. She did, like, a greatest hits medley. You know, she did Rehab, and then she did the uh, You Know I'm No Good and some other song. Um, But, you know, because the thing is, she wasn't allowed to be in America. She was kept out because of you know, drugs or something. And... um. Which in a way is sort of good for her because it only kind of enhances enhances that like outlaw vibe that she's got. But they did the best setup because they kept teasing it all that later on. Amy Winehouse live via satellite, and so then they they cut to her and she's in, I forget where, but it was someplace in London, some little nightclub, and it was a great like black and um and and like dark velvet like uh bedecked nightclub, little tables, our studio curtains, kind of like that, but. You know, not not covered in like food oh, and animal hair. Um, but it looked like a little tiny night spot, and like little, you know, it, it, it sort of like a, it looked like that nightclub that um, that Henry Hill, that Ray Liotta goes to in Goodfellas. The little round tables with the can, you know the candles in the middle and whatever. And then she gets up, and as my wife says, she does she does have so much style in a weird way that uh, you know she's got the cool like backup dancers, not even singing, just guys like dancing behind her while she performs. And it really was. Very cool, because it made it look like she was sort of on her own planet, like in Planet Amy. Um, So that was great. And then I forget the award that she won that they went to, the first one. that You know, in Record of the Year, you know, the nominees are you know, Radiohead and Foo Fighters and whoever. The winner is Amy Winehouse. And then you could see this look on her face that I don't know if she was high or she was just shocked or didn't know what to do. But you're only hearing the end of the speech there where she really cranked it up. At the beginning, she just kind of went... Um, okay, uh, hello. And it was just, she was just uh, so quiet and sort of mousy about the whole thing. It really was charming in a, in, a, in a pretty real way. So good for her.
6: Uh, Ken Yee West gets irritated with Grammy oh. producer's attempts to oh, play him off oh, stage. Oh, I
4: have a better version of this same sound. Hold on. All right. <laughs> I have, I'm sorry, I hate to be jumping all over you. Uh, this is one of the two pieces of Grammy sound I brought in today. All right. And well, I, well, you should be able to play it then. I, uh, I have two pieces of Grammy sound. Okay, first of all. Let me just say that first of all, Kanye West's performance was really good. Um, I don't know if he actually had Daft Punk on stage with him, but he did that better, faster, stronger, whatever that single. And then he sang like an almost a cappella thing for his mom, which was he's not like the best singer, uh, but he really did sing it. It wasn't the lip sync. He sang this sort of again, it was like just a small orchestral background, and then he sang this song to his mom who's dead. Mm. It was really nice. I mean, it was, it didn't feel manipulative at all. It felt really cool. Um, and then he and then he wins, you know, and he, he's just got like more style than anybody on earth. So he wins for whatever the big award was, album of the year or whatever. And he gets up and first of all, he's wearing this jacket where it's like sequins, but they're not sequins, they're thousands of tiny lights. And so he's got like patterns flashing on his jacket while he's standing up there. It's like Tetris blocks awesome. falling on his jacket. Um and as much as we all hate long winded acceptance speeches at the Grammys, you know who we also all hate? We hate that dick that starts playing the music while they're talking. Mm-hmm. It's possible to both hate the fact that Julia Roberts is talking forever and to also hate the guy back there that is starting the orchestra music. So this is Kanye West. So he gets up there, and he's like, you know, he's telling everybody else, like, I told you all I was going to win, like he's doing his Kanye <laughs> boasting thing. He has that for like three years. Totally. And they, they start to play the music, and then he tries to smack him down a little bit, and then they bring it up later. And he just totally, he totally puts the boot in on the guy playing the music. So this is Kanye West. Always so
12: common, like, man, you got to time the album out better. You can't drop them the same year as me,
7: man. You got to, this is, this is my award. Um, I want to, and for Mark Ronson and Amy Winehouse, come on, you you, going to play music on me? For so Mark i tonight, Amy Winehouse, if I, if I don't get to get up here for album of the year, you deserve it just as much as me. Wait for this. I deserve it, too. And just to say something about my mother, I appreciate all the support. I appreciate all the uh, prayers. It would be in good taste to stop the music then. Um, how, great how great
4: is that? <laughs> how great is that? Just a big F you to the music guy. That's fantastic.
7: I appreciate everything,
4: and I know you're really proud of me right now. And then blah blah, 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 dead mother. So uh, anyway, so there's there's all of that. Um, <laughs> and um, it was just so satisfying to see him just, like, tell the music playing guy just to, just to get effed. It was really what great. every
5: single person up there is always going totally. to say. And, and nobody's
4: ever said it. Only Kanye West could really ever do that because he's
6: just such a big bastard about everything. All right. Uh, the T-Pain says Kanye West has a reason to be agri- every episode. Oh, man,
7: I appreciate that, man, for everything you do. If if anybody ever said Kanye's arrogant, he has a reason to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, a couple more of these, I'll probably feel like him, too, jumping up on stage and such things.
6: <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, there <let's> are <laughs> all kinds of things here we can do without the Food Fighters and Andrew Broccoli. <laughs> the so. Food Fighters.
4: Uh, the fu- I have uh, notes to get to from the Grammys last night, so I can either
6: do these now or later. I got two more sound bites. Okay. Uh, the Slayer is uh, grateful for the fans since radio has never been kind to them, they claim. We've been very fortunate that have been around this long. When did I, this, I, with when no, did this happen? Like, I must have missed uh, that. Uh, we've gotten support from satellite radio recently. That's when you're making uh, MTV give us minimal support. You know, Slayer mean, won a Grammy? Know, it, it's all on, on word of Where mouth. Where was I? Uh,
11: and people liking what we do and passing it on to their friends.
4: Slayer? Yeah. Yeah. Slayer won a Grammy. Slayer. <laughs> Do you know what album this was for, Tim? Does it say? Best
6: Metal Performance for Final Six? Slayer. Slayer? Slayer. Okay.
4: Well, there you go. So Slayer won a Grammy. Well done. Um, all right. Is it? Did you have more soundbites? No, just Gram- one. Uh, comedian
6: right. Georgia Lopez makes a political oh, joke.
4: Oh, oh, no, I, I got a better version
6: of that one too. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I'll just go home early.
4: <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I only brought in two soundbites today. One is the Kanye West thing. And one is the is the George Lopez thing.
6: I hope Carl Click is listening because this is what he's going to have to put up with tomorrow. I'm. Oh, is he coming in tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. All right.
4: No, no, no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to be. Now I feel bad. But I. Why don't we play both of them? Don't sound feel like... bad.
6: No, m- mine is irrelevant. I'll just sit down. Go ahead. No, 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 no. no I've, I I've already deleted it. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be heard by no one. <laughs> Now I feel
11: like
4: such a jerk. I was just, it's so rarely do I bring in sound clips from television. I understand. <sighs> well, now I feel like an ass playing this. No, you're okay. not one. Well, here's, here's my wife pointed this out. So my wife was keeping copious notes as the Grammys played. Mm-hmm. And she was noting, you know, like what was good and what was bad. And what was, like she, she's like, you got to come see this Brad Paisley song. It's genius. And it's that stupid ticks song that he sings, which is just awful. It's like the worst thing ever. Ticks. Yeah. I swear to ticks you. Like, ticks, ticks? Ticks, like, you know, creepy things that lodge under your skin.
5: He has a song about
4: ticks. I swear to you, it's ticks. it's a wacky love song about checking each other for ticks. I'm not oh, making that. I swear God. to you, that's true. It's charm as only the country set can do it, Sarah. Let's check each other for ticks, honey. Mm. That's how you uh, appeal to the breadbasket of America.
6: Right. So, Tears is... <laughs> you wouldn't say that to anybody, like a celebrity. <laughs> a what? Like a big celebrity. Hey, we're, not, we're, here's, we're here to uh, check Dolly Parton's tics. <laughs> oh, tics. Tics. Um.
4: <laughs> Show us your tics. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my new catchphrase. Show us your tics.
12: You make sure you like,
4: don't <laughs> Uh, no, I feel bad for bringing in the George Lopez cut. You know
5: what? As soon as you play it, the sooner it'll be over, and then we can move on from the horrible. <laughs> it's so <laughs>
4: awkward. I'm sorry, Tim. No, I feel fine. All right. Fine. Well, listen don't to this, George. Lo- George Lopez, who I don't find oh, funny I at don't all. Like him. Okay. No. Not not only is he, is he not funny, but at least uh, in this cut, con- he's also really dumb. Um, listen, see if you can spot. And and I don't buy that this comment is some sort of meta joke. Where there's like a joke inside a joke. I think he's starting. He does this thing where he comes out and he does the, hey, what a country thing. And then he winds up and he does, of course, a joke about the difference between, you know, the Mexicans and, you know, and and, uh, Caucasians. And about how they would decorate the White House, blah, blah, blah. That's his thing. But listen to how he, listen to how he winds up with this first statement. Hola, Orale,
10: America! Wait for it. My country is this? The only place where a white woman and a black man can run for the president of the United
4: States. Now, look, I don't mean to be a schoolmarm, but of course this is the only country where someone can run for president of the United States. Jesus God, that is true, isn't it? I mean, I think he was trying to do a whole like, look at how inclusive. What a country! It's great. I mean. First of all, we're you know like the hundredth country on. Earth. If we elect Hillary Clinton, for example, we're like the fiftieth country to do that. So I don't know that I'd be pointing that out because it just makes us look like tardy a holes. But really, this is the only country where anybody can run for president of the United States, George. Hey! Hopefully, the register is still on strike. <laughs> totally. Holy America!
10: How great a country is this? The only place where a white woman. And a black man can run for the president of the United States.
4: That is impressive. That's right.
10: To ensure that nothing ever happens to either one of them, they should appoint a Mexican vice president. That's comedy. Anything bad happens, Vice President Flacco.
4: We leave at the White House, but with blue trim. Here to sing... I don't get it. No, it's not important. I'm not playing any more sound ever again. Here's Tim Riley.
6: I suppose that that would interest people of the urban persuasion, (laughs) not those in the suburbs. I'm
12: just saying it's not suburban.
6: I'm saying it's just not funny. Here's Tim Riley. Well, uh, Mr. Uh, Lopez will be interested to know that whites will be a minority in the U.S. by 2050. If the trend continues, the population in the United States will raise Wow. It'll be four hundred thirty eight million by twenty fifty. In your face, Whitey. It is now two hundred ninety six million. But didn't they tell us it clocked in the three hundred million last year? The population? Yeah. I thought we were at more than that. we were like at three hundred and ten. Well, I guess people change this all the time.
4: All right, so this is so as of when what how, what year is this that uh, that Whitey will be the
6: minority? Uh twenty fifty. 2050.
4: Twenty fifty in the year twenty fifty. Mm-hmm. No,
6: it doesn't. It doesn't work. It's not the same. Not the right number of syllable. It's because Asians will double in population, and the Hispanic uh, population, currently the largest minority group, will triple in size. It's so all you white people. If you don't like this, you better start having babies now. Wait so... a <laughs> minute.
4: <laughs> this is a call to all white people to reproduce with abandon. So wait, who will? So what will the dominant ethnic group be? Will it be? Uh, will it be Latinos or will it
6: be Asians? Well, it says here. The Hispanic population... I just want to know who to start sucking will, up to. ...will triple in size in percentage, from 14% to 29% in 2050. Okay. Then Asians will be 13%, so what does that leave? So that means... Okay, so it will be... Li- oh, don't li- forget African Americans. Uh, let's see here. Where are they? It doesn't say... Well, they'll still be here. <laughs> it doesn't say how many there, there will be. <laughs> this is an inaccurate... <laughs> it leaves out a whole group
4: of people. You know, this is, you know this is totally a survey done by white people. Are there some other people
6: missing on this? Nah, it so. doesn't matter. Put it out. It's done. We're done here. So anyway, it's. Uh, I'm sure everyone's panic stricken over that. I, uh, I for one welcome our new Latin overlords. I do too. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, Buenos dias. Buenos dias to you too. Uh, time for Britney watch. Uh. Here's your Britney watch. I'm so sorry about everything today. Britney's business manager says he has no idea why he was apparently fired. Howard Grossman says he knows he was the uh, subject of a closed-door hearing last week, but is unsure of the reason that Jamie Spears' father, Jamie, who was serving as his daughter's temporary conservator, has been given the right to fire him. Court papers show that Grossman had been ordered to surrender all documents, records, and assets relating to Britney. Britney. Uh, His defense is, quote, reputation speaks for itself, unquote. Meanwhile, divorce lawyer, Sorrel Trope, tells uh, people he has filed papers for the second time, asking to be released from representing uh, Brittany on her ongoing battle with Kevin Federline. Trope retracted his first request. A hearing on that matter is to be held March 10th. Who can follow all these things...
4: Uh, I don't know. I've got a little bit. Let's see. So I've got this uh, from the New Inquirer. Oh, I um, hear it. Which is one of those inquirers that everybody stops to look at and to check out even more than normal because it's um, it's just nothing but best and worst bikini bodies, and so it's nothing but celebrities, um, you know, looking either good or bad, like, and they do that thing of putting the. Um, the Who is this banner right over their face, so you only see like the saggy boobs or something, but you can't see the rest. And there's some guy, and, man blob, it says, covering <laughs> <Man> this <blob? laughs> celebrity's face. And I don't know who this is. Actually,
5: wait, let me see. Let me see if I can figure out who the man blob
4: is. Do you ever do that where you look at the bad bikini mm-hmm. body? Tim, any guess? Man blob.
5: That looks like. um I'm
4: thinking hmm. of Baldwin. Probably. Okay. No, that
5: no, that socialite, that Brandon guy. Like the racist, his older brother. I can't remember his name.
4: All right, well, let me read. This is a little bit of Britney news, though. That uh, says this. Um, let's see. Britney Spears' father, it so this is back when she was in the mental ward, um, wanted medication forced down her throat. He asked doctors to forcibly restrain her. Um, let's see. She also spent her days in a padded room, kicking and screaming. Um, let's see here. Uh, Britney Spears, blah, 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 blah. Heard voices in her head. Falsely accused Lynn Spears of sleeping with her boyfriends. Let's see. Um, Might that be true? Well, like like anything, their country. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, but this is the night that she got taken away. This is the, the, the a couple weeks ago when she got the, hauled away the second time. By the time she got home, about this is all worth it for the payoff. The night she got home around eight p.m. Thursday night, exhausted, hopped up. Brittany was delusional, said the source. She said she was hearing voices telling her not to go to sleep. She started seeing people who weren't there. <laughs> the people were strangers to her and demanded to know what they were doing in her house, this poor source revealed. When Lynn tried to tell Brittany there was no one there, she accused her of lying. Then out of the blue, Brittany accused her mom, Lynn, of ruining every relationship she ever had and of sleeping with some of her boyfriends. Lynn was stunned. She called Brittany's attack hurtful, horrible. After that, Brittany just stared into space. She wasn't able to answer the questions. It was like she couldn't even hear them. And then, as she sat on the couch, Brittany wet herself no. and didn't even seem to notice. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. No, I'm this not. This sounds like Whitney Houston stuff. Really? Whitney Spears? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. here. This is a, it's a side note here. Uh, Apparently Tom Cruise is taking an interest in um, Britney Spears. Reports an insider, Tom loves playing savior and says that Scientology detox is just what Britney needs. He says he personally sees three personalities in her and believes the church can get rid of two of them and make Britney Britney again. So, there you go. So, there's your uh, Britney's. uh, Do we have more, Britney?
6: I got a little uh, sound here. Okay, excellent. Uh, Los Angeles City Councilman Dennis Zine has introduced a motion being dubbed Britney's Law. This proposed ordinance seeks to control paparazzi off and mob the celebrities. He said the ordinance would establish a personal safety zone between the stars and the photogs. We don't want
4: to have a Princess Diana situation where paparazzi in a
2: celebrity and a crash occurs and someone gets seriously injured or killed. We want to prevent that. This is all about prevention.
6: Uh, yes, there are swarms of paparazzi on the roads, pausing a real hazard to the general public. People in Los Angeles are getting frustrated with the chaos that's occurring when the paparazzi,
4: who are not credentialed media, they swarm a location, mm-hmm. they swarm a celebrity as they're trying to commute down the road. So it's a hazard to the celebrity, it's a hazard to the general public. And so also, Seriously, I, if they pass something called Britney's Law, I'm just going to vomit. Law. Really, honestly. An alarm
6: will go off every time the paparazzi go out.
4: <laughs> I mean, that's just revolting. It'll save the taxpayers money. We need to have some tough laws to protect the paparazzi, the celebrities, and the general public. And my measure calls for all of those folks to be protected so we don't end up with
10: more swarming and more chaos and more $25,000 trips to the hospital.
4: Whatever.
6: Whatever. So who could be against that?
4: That's your Britney watch. There's your Britney watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson Radio program.
2: nickel arcade ladies and gentlemen all
4: right we got your choice here tim would you rather hear a grammy question somebody with stats uh uh, questions about the census stats or someone talking about george lopez
6: i don't like any of them well
4: pick
6: one yourself Uh uh-huh all right
4: just gonna close my eyes hi you're on the rick emerson show
10: well good morning how are you hi thank you hey I just want to know, was it dumb Whitey who came up with those stats on the census? Because, um, I don't know, I did I the math, I... and 29% is not three times 14%. <laughs> oh,
4: really? Is that true? That, I didn't even that... notice that. Is the math completely? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I,
10: I don't know about triple tripling that, but uh, maybe what we need to do is uh, focus on the Asians and
7: interbreed with them so we get smarter. You're going to double. Yeah.
4: <laughs> this is your solution to uh, to all of America's woes, sir. Let's go, sir oh, Richie.
7: Absolutely, yeah. Let's just you know just interbreed There's with the white agents. women
4: lining up to have sex with Richie. That's right. While their friends are three feet away. Yeah. Oh, uh, all right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye. Tied no, it's true. <laughs> Tied to a bedpost while Richie while while Richie wields a banana ominously in the foreground. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Jesus. Oh,
3: I wish I could have seen you
4: doing that. (laughs) I mean, didn't he do that? Didn't he... Isn't that the gesture he made when he was in the room? Jesus. (laughs) Well, you know, can I tell you this? Sure. Thanks to Richie, because, you know... Well, never mind. Never mind. It's just... I was just going to say, every time I drive by that place now, that's the image that comes into my head is Richie going, and then I had the one girl tied to the bed. Anyway. Jesus. And Sarah and I, not together, obviously had had said, well, at some point we'll probably, you know, use those passes just to, like, go and just scope it out. And just, you know, because it's, you know, kind of a weird scene. How can you not go and just kind of see it? But I feel like i got to wait and, like, get more distance from it. Now, since Richie went there recently, I I feel like I, that's not well, a thing I can... Well, he could be
5: going every weekend and he's not telling us, you know?
4: Various members of the Clear Channel staff. Uh, Tim, let's do another one. Then we'll talk to Jim Rupp about the writer's strike. Oh,
6: we got a whole bunch of things. Excellent about the writer's strike. Two billion. Oh, then there's a house... That's uh, falling off the side of a cliff in L.A. Really? And people are being evacuated in San Francisco. Because it belonged right? to somebody wealthy that we it hate. It doesn't say. Uh-huh. Skytop Road, anything with that sounds rich. About a dozen people were evacuated. Anyway, about this, uh, Starbucks is teaming up with AT&T, and it's going to start offering a mix of free and paid wireless Internet service at I, their coffee joints. I thought it already did. I thought, no, no, you have to have, a, a, I think you have to have Sprint to be able to use their, they don't have free Wi-Fi at Starbucks.
4: I didn't know that.
6: Yeah, that's why I don't go there. Screw them, that's what I say. I go elsewhere, so uh, they're starting up this thing if you use your Starbucks card to buy something you get you're gonna get two free hours of Wi-Fi or you can buy a monthly membership for ninety nine now who'd care
4: let me ask you this Tim
6: uh you have uh, you have a Mac many Macs yes do you have pro tools in any of those no or like an
4: audio editing Yes. system all right honestly i may I may have to have you do me a favor How a so? favor that only favor that only a Mac can do. I have some files uh, that I need uh, burned onto a CD, and, of course, I can't do it with my shoddy uh, Windows-based PC. Uh, They were originally done on a Mac. Oh, I might ask you to do me a small favor at some point. I'm sure I could do that. Yes, as a proud Mac user. So this is a bit, so if you go to Starbucks, well, why do, when I go to Starbucks now, I see people just sitting at tables with laptops, and I guess they're just, they're not able to access Wi-Fi?
6: Yeah, they can, but you have to have a certain server. Oh, it's T-Mobile right now. Okay. And what you do, if you're not a T-Mobile subscriber, then you can't use it. At Starbucks. Uh, I feel shut out. Well, Uh, that's why I don't go there. Even though they're building two brand new Starbucks in my neighborhood because they found out there was a four-block area without a Starbucks. You know,
4: and then we'll talk to Jim Rupp in a second. Do you realize how, and people, I think we sort of forget about this because we're used to it by now, Mm. how insane it is that Starbucks will literally put locations across the street from each other. Yeah. I mean, there's no other company. Imagine if you saw a Burger King and then another Burger King 12 feet away. Mm. You would just think they'd lost their mind. Uh, do you realize if you go to that mall downtown in Pioneer Place, th- 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 there are actually two Starbucks there that are less than 20 feet apart, which is just crazy when you think about it. I mean, obviously, it works. They figured out that it's a successful business strategy, but it is quite unlike any other. I can't think of a single other American business, not even 7-Elevens, which are the gold standard of like omnipresence. D- d- being that close together.
6: In California, they have donut shops like 10 feet away from each other. There are tons of them there, but we, we don't have that many here.
4: That's true. They, well, they're slowly being wiped out by Starbucks, too, I think. It's, the donut shop is being being taken off the map by coffee places. Is, that, that could be, too. A vanishing vanishing slice of American culture. Mm. All right. Uh, on the subject of California, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, from Los Angeles, the... CNN
7: Radio correspondent James Roop.
4: Hello, sir. How are you?
7: I am well. How are you? Uh,
4: how's life? How are things? What? Okay. So, what is where? Where are we at with the strike? They're going to vote tomorrow. They will
7: vote tomorrow. Uh, they're being the membership is being urged by the leadership to uh, accept this offer and and start getting back to work tomorrow or Wednesday rather, which right. doesn't really mean anything because we won't see anything happen for several months, probably not until the spring.
4: So this is okay. So as of now the of leaders... now the picket
7: lines have ceased but i mean so this is the leaders of
4: the writers guild who have yeah. said
7: to get your act together
4: but it, the, the actual writers themselves haven't voted yet
7: right exactly okay. but they, they will i mean i was down there saturday night when they had this first meeting um, to, to see the details of this latest proposal there were guys doing jello shots you know i mean they were celebrating already you know it was beautiful
4: and so with as you, said, you and now you just told me this but just so i can clarify so this if, if the writers vote and they approve it the rubber meets the road yeah. when when does everybody get back behind the desk and start right away okay. Okay. the
7: next day All right. uh, we, uh, from what i understand uh, showrunners have already been called back to the to the studios so the the producers are are banking on the fact that this is going to happen so they can start to ramp up production get the grips back in get the camera guys back in get everybody back in so when the writers sit down and pick up their pens
4: they're ready to go they,
7: can, they yeah they can start uh, doing stuff but it'll take 6 weeks at least before we see any new production on the TV side,
4: that's true. Because unless you're talking about the Daily Show or something,
7: yeah, well, yeah, that's true. The, uh, the 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 nightly talk shows, you'll see a difference right away. But to get you know the next episode of Lost going and all that crap, it's going to take six weeks.
4: Yeah. So from from page to screen, as they say. Is oh yeah thinking. yeah yeah. Um, I Tim actually uh, Tim Riley pulled this. He said that apparently. Uh, the rider strike has taken two billion dollars yeah. from the
7: local economy. Countywide, yeah. Jesus. Just in Los Angeles, just in lost wages alone, a billion dollars. Yeah. A little more than a billion dollars.
4: The strike in '88 lasted longer, but this one has already taken four times what that strike yeah. cost the economy.
7: Well, I got to tell you, man, everybody's hurting. I mean, uh, it it really is amazing how much money just. The church I go to alone has been giving out to people who are suffering from the strike. All you know, grips and prop guys who who aren't working anymore. Right, you know, we're paying their tuitions and all that stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's 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 a it's a tremendous amount of money that is being lost. So I know several guys that have been laid off since since before Christmas that have, they haven't gotten a paycheck.
4: Well, and is there's notes here that it's not just. For people who think, well, these are all rich writers or whatever, it's Ooh. 733 million in production spending, but the other 1.3 billion comes from caterers, florists, valets, yes. hotel operators, restaurant workers, costume house employees, guys and who quote build others. A set, yeah,
7: all that stuff. Yeah, these, these are guys who you know make 60, dollars 80 thousand dollars a year. Now that may sound like a lot in some areas of this country, but in Southern California, y- you can't go to Starbucks on that kind of salary.
2: Right. So, it's just um, an anyway. Which, by
7: the way, I gotta tell you, Starbucks, they're real smart because you're right, on La Cienega, they have, they have them right across the street from each other. But you can't cross La Cienega. So, if, whether you're going north or south, You you can stop at a Starbucks. I think that's why they did that. Because to try and cross, to make a left across La Cienega to get into a Starbucks, you'll be there all day.
4: It's actually, I just read this book called Starbucked by a guy named Taylor Clark, who's a a Portland author. And he was a whole book about the rise of Starbucks and the impact on the economy and whatever. And he noted something that I I didn't know but doesn't surprise me, that Starbucks, when they are building new locations, Starbucks actually takes into account traffic flow and right-hand turns. Yeah. And they make it so you don't have to do – Starbucks, their goal is to make it so you can get to a Starbucks without having to make a single left-hand
7: turn. That's exactly right.
4: Which, again, you don't really think about, but it, does, it doesn't It does really surprise me uh, because they are that kind of company. They're just so into logistics and, you know, sort of victory at whatever cost. So. Hey,
7: did you watch the Grammys last night? I
4: did. We've been talking about that a little bit. Um I watched. I had this great system going where I was actually in my home office, kind of working on some stuff. My wife was in the living room, and she was serving as sort of the filter. She was separating the wheat from the chaff for me. Yeah. Um, and so she would actually make notes about what was interesting or funny, and then mark it on the TiVo. And, and then I would come back and sort of, watch, or she would call me and say, "Hey, come watch this ridiculous whatever." Um, so I was able to hit some of the highlights. Yeah.
7: Uh, I thought it was uh, it's the best Grammys I've seen in a long time. It was,
4: you know, nobody nobody watched it, but it was actually really good. There were a lot of great moments.
7: Yeah, I can guarantee nobody tuned out. No, I six mean six or seven people that watched didn't tune out.
4: And even the stuff that was bad uh, was entertaining. Even yeah. the stuff that was terrible was pretty funny. I have made a, a bunch of notes here. Let's see here. Um, well, uh, let's see what, what what's a typical note that I made to myself last night. Um, let's see. Um, God, boy, Cindy Lauper was still gorgeous. Boy, Cindy, when Cindy Lauper came out with Hannah Montana or whatever yeah. her name is, Cindy Lauper was still just unbelievably beautiful. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Tina Turner. Boy, I was telling Sarah about this before the show. Uh, it, Tina Turner is like the joke I always make about Botox, where literally she was like one of those Nutcracker dolls where only her lower lip moved. Yeah. I mean... And look, and I understand... She was, her,
7: she was pretty tight, yeah. Well,
4: you know, it's like everybody wants to look good, and, you know, obviously you're on television, you don't want to look terrible, but, I mean, there's got to be some middle ground between, like, I think I'd rather just be wrinkled. I mean, there's got to be some middle ground between looking decent, and, I
7: mean, just... <laughs> none of them, hey, man, none of them have filters around them. I, I, you know what, I, I, I don't know if you watched the Super Bowl pre-show with Alicia Keys, but I said to the guy next to me, I want to talk to the guy who said to her, oh, no, no, Alicia... Those leopard pants don't make your butt. Those be the most horrible <laughs>
5: leopard pants ever. I was just having a conversation wanna, with somebody I said, I yesterday. I don't want to
1: talk to that guy. That was just mean. It's like don't so send her beautiful. out there like
5: that. I'm, looking-
7: I'm sitting up in the press box and I'm thinking, "Holy wonder she got back there." <laughs> you know, I'm I'm miles away. But you know, that, that that's the way it is. They, they get out there and no one's no one wants to say, "You know, you might want to trim that down or you might want to wear something
9: baggy."
7: Yeah, or or take the don't
4: do Botox tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, you know? And again, I, you know, I'm look, I'm no, I'm second to nobody. Either. I mean, look, you're talking to a guy that had the, like a whole hair transplant thing done. So I'm no one to. I, I have no problem with cosmetic surgery or whatever. I'm, I'm
7: naturally
4: ugly. You know, I'm sure there's only so much you can fix on me anyway. But but it's like the Botox thing. I guess maybe you're wrinkle-free, but, you know, the the, the 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 to me, that stuff is only really effective if it doesn't call attention to itself. Right. Like, the fix can't be more noticeable than the problem. Yeah. And so when Tina Turner comes out, and I hate to sound like I'm picking on her, but, I mean, she's, you know, an attractive woman. She always has been. And I hate to sound unbelievably corny, but there is a certain something about a woman aging naturally. And, you know what, maybe she looks perfect, maybe she doesn't, but, you know, there's a certain realness to it. Tina Turner comes out, and you know every single person who looked at her went, Botox. Yeah, and, I mean, it just was so...
7: They're In... looking for the needle, like she just had it done.
4: Totally, yeah, it was like they just jacked her full of botulism, like, as she was walking on stage.
7: Okay, I'm going out there, shoot me now. <laughs> yeah, holy
4: <laughs> Um And it, and then, of course, it, I made the same note. First of all, she looked like a drag queen version of herself. Um, And speaking of drag queens... She still sounded good. No, she sounded great. That's the thing, It's a great voice, yeah. great gams, as they say. It was just the face. I mean, it, it just looked like a robo-head had been put on her. Um... <laughs> And you know, speaking of weird drag queen looking women, so Cher. Oh, yeah. So Cher comes out, and first of all, I noticed that they lit her real dimly, and it, it, like not putting a spotlight on her. And then every time, like, I forget who she was in even introducing, but they were like, you know, they would show like a little video presentation or a slide or whatever. But every time the camera would go back to actually be on Cher, they would do it from like 50 feet away. Oh, yeah. They like, were they did yeah. not one single close up on her face.
7: Yeah, they were pulled back to Orange County. And it's it's
4: weird. That other thing where they are simultaneously, and this does seem to be the case with female celebrities, where they're simultaneously still miraculously thin, but with a weird, bloaty, puffy face. And I don't know if that's like a recent plastic surgery thing, if that means that like swelling hadn't gone down. know exactly
9: what you're talking about.
4: Yeah, like Cher's face. It's like she's not a fat woman by any stretch of the imagination, but Cher is still thin, but her face looks weirdly puffy. And I don't know, and I think maybe that comes from having your cheekbones like artificially whatever, enhanced or collagen or something?
7: Uh, could be. I mean, I think everyone's face gets rounder as they age. but Maybe. Yeah, that was kind of freakish. Uh, but you know what? I've, I've been up close to her a, a few times in the past two or three years, and she she looks as if she can barely move. You know? I, I don't think she can sing anymore. I yeah. don't think she can open her mouth wide enough to to really sing.
4: That's the you other know, thing. It,
7: it's really, you, I, I, you sit across from her, and she's talking to you, and, and you're real sad. You know, you know what's wrong?
4: Especially because she, at one time, was just so scorchingly hot. Yeah. And I have to believe, look, we all get older, I understand that, but I have to believe that in some parallel universe where Cher took care of herself but didn't do a lot of plastic surgery, she looks better than the Cher yeah, now.
7: She'd be like Cheryl Crow.
4: Yeah. Or, you know, or Susan Sarandon, who's or the Cindy, one that yeah. everybody points at. Or
7: Le- Cindy Lauper. Yeah, I mean... Uh, you know, if, if
4: she had just taken care of herself but not had herself just, like, hacked up and, and stitched up all the time, I think she would probably look better. And the, the thing about Cher having so much surgery done, it has made her voice sound like a South Park parody of her voice, where she talks like this. Yeah. And, well, I mean... You,
7: you notice that slur in a lot of folks that have a lot of facial, you know, uh, yeah. facial stuff done. They, they, get, they get that... Uh, they get that little slur that Andy Williams slur yeah
4: exactly that's exactly what it is yeah so now he's got it bad too though Jesus let's see uh what else Carrie I, I made a note to myself Carrie Underwood hot but irrelevant um
7: oh but she is though man I'm in lust with her oh sure. she was
4: scorching she was really 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 beautiful last night yeah, but
7: I I swear she's one that I, I I raise my hand to ask a question and nothing comes out of my mouth. I swear. Um, you feel so bad. You go. Uh, you already answered it. Never mind. You know,
4: and I really do. I'm not much of a country fan, but I really do like that song. That before he cheats or whatever that song is. She well, performed that, last it's
7: night. crossed over into pop.
4: Yeah, track. I mean, it's a really well written song. I mean, just written in,
7: by two guys, by the way. Oh,
4: totally. No, in terms of pure pop songcraft, that's a really well done song. The musicianship was great. She looked beautiful. But her voice is just so thin and, and, and just, I mean, you Who know. Who cares? I mean, that's the thing. It's like her, She is really totally irrelevant to the whole process because she's such a bad singer. Uh, but just looked gorgeous. I mean,
7: uh, let's see. What else? She's the richest person I know. Uh, I think she was dubbed richest, wasn't she? Man, uh, Carrie Underwood, really? Yeah. That doesn't seem possible. No? Am I wrong?
4: No, she's she's recent. She's like an American Idol winner.
7: Yeah, I know. But uh, something said she was the... There was something where she made the most money of something of somebody, or I don't know. Uh, let's see. Well, I got other notes, but that's... Anyway. Uh, it was a good show. I thought there were some career best performances last night. Um, you know, it was just... I just liked the fact that they leaned on their history, and... and uh, well, without writers, they sort
4: of had to, you know... That was the other thing, you know, is that there... It, whether... Because it, I know they had some weird tentative you know, thing with the strikers or whatever, but it did seem like they did less of the stupid banter and more of the, you know... Like they didn't The Rider huge...
7: strike did benefit that show. And
4: they did, like, a huge... Did you see that thing where Tony Bennett came out of Now? A tribute to Doris Day, which is just, like, the weirdest, greatest thing that came out of nowhere. So... <laughs>
7: did you see how many Life Achievement Awards were handed out Every, night?
4: every five minutes, it was like a Now George Martin. So, anyway, George Martin, who doesn't age. That's a guy, George Martin, who produced all the Beatles records. He hit about 65 and stopped aging. Yeah. You look at him fifteen. Well, years ago. Ringo. Yeah, totally.
7: Did you see did you see uh um Ringo and oh my God, Vince Gill? No, no, no. Uh former Eurythmics guy. Dave Stewart. Dave Stewart. They came out together. They look like twins. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Jeff Lynn
4: you see the three the two of them and Jeff Lynn together in a lineup, it's like triplets. Um <laughs> Yeah, George, Ringo Starr's another one of those guys. He doesn't look young as such, but it's like he hit a certain age. And it it stopped. Just, yeah, just stopped. Yeah. Just never advanced beyond Peter Frampton,
7: that. too. Yep, David Bowie. Yeah.
4: All right, my friend. Are you on tomorrow? No Botox there. All right, well, you know, Peter Frampton is a guy, I guess, say, hey, I saw him when he was an Almost Famous a while back, and he looked, you know, that's a guy who's just kind of letting it, you know, he's like Pete Townsend, letting it go naturally. Yeah. So,
7: Still uh, a hell of a guitar player.
4: Are you on tomorrow, my friend? Yes. All right. We will undoubtedly talk to you then.
7: Thank you, sir, very much.
4: You have a great day. Yeah, great day, sir. Thank you. There you go.
7: Jim Roof just turned off my microphone.
4: All right. Yeah, I got more notes on the Grammys, but that was just going to go for it. Let me do these calls, and then we'll take a break. Hello. Hi. Rick Emerson. (laughs) Welcome.
7: Hey, Rick. How we doing? What's up? Well, I just want to make a quick comment about George Lopez. (sighs) This guy's a hack.
4: No, he's just unfunny. Just not funny.
7: Well, and he was making a joke that Dave Chappelle made five years ago. I mean, it was ridiculous.
4: Yeah, I... I mean, whatever. I just, uh, you know, some guys are funny and some guys ain't. And he is in the, him and Dane Cook are in the ain't column. See, I found yeah. Dane Cook
5: funny, but nothing uh, George Lopez has said. I've n- I've never laughed at anything he said. Yeah, I just, I don't even
4: find him amusing. He's just sort of, he just sort of comes on and blah, 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 blah. And I just kind of go, uh, okay. Yeah,
7: it's like he's it's like he went the route of Cheech Marin before he even got famous enough to do that. You Maybe. Know, like...
4: I, uh, well, not, well, yeah, I will because now i well, I'm giving George Lopez like way more time than he even deserves. I just I will just say, I mean, you know, he just yeah, I don't think I've ever I'm with Sarah. I don't think I've ever laughed at a George Lopez joke. I don't think I've ever gone. To, I've never gone to work the next day. Hey, let me tell you a great joke. I heard George Lopez telling last night. It just doesn't happen. Exactly. So. I'm totally with you. All right. Thank you, sir.
5: He's, right. he's like a Ryan Seacrest, too. He keeps getting all these random jobs. <laughs> totally. Every, like he's People everywhere.
4: keep hiring he's him. He's
5: hosting things. He has his own, like, like seven different TV uh, shows.
4: Uh, hello. Hi. You're on The Rick Emerson Show. What's up?
8: Hi, everybody. Hi, Sarah. Hello. Kim.
4: Hi. Howdy. Rick, hello. you
8: sound great. I'm so glad Lara's home.
4: Uh, thank <laughs> Did you. Did she
8: have a great trip? Are you uh, going to share anything with us?
4: Uh, well, I told a few stories about it. She had, my uh, wife went to Panama. Uh, for a couple of weeks and she showed me like a billion photographs and she, she had to have some of the stuff like, not that she bought a lot, but something like sent home a few days later. And so we, she got like some, you know, like some small stuff that she bought in Panama that we went to. Yeah. It was, it was really cool. She had a great time. So yes, oh, she great. is. great. I just noticed
8: was, the, the change in your attitude is amazing, dear. Mm-hmm.
4: You mean in the last couple of days, oh, since she's been home?
8: Well, I will say this. You sound wonderful.
4: Here's the thing is that as much as I think guys and Sarah enjoy having time to themselves and being, you know, whatever. It left to my own devices uh like when she's not around, I do like it like I can hold it together for three or four days when my wife is gone longer than that it's like i it's like I stop cleaning up the house, I stop throwing trash away, I stop you know like putting my own i stop doing laundry, and just like the house just kind of starts to go to hell,
7: but you um, want to keep doing that because if you change that she's going to wonder what happened when she was gone.
4: Yeah, no, if she I... comes
7: home and everything's fine, no, she's no, no, going to no. start to become concerned. I think so. she can
4: tell everything's not fine. <laughs> I think the house does. When she comes home, the house always does have that unmistakable sheen of, I cleaned everything in the three hours before your plane landed.
7: Okay, well, I didn't have much more to add other All than right. I, I've been with you guys every day for years, and Excellent. I can notice when you're in a good mood. All right, thank you, Julie. Welcome home, Lara. All right, bye now. Mm-hmm. Thanks.
5: That's funny, I can notice that too. Really? Oh, yeah.
4: I didn't notice that. I mean, you mean about when lara has gone specifically or just when I'm in a bad mood or mm. good mood?
5: When, I'm sorry. I just took it um, When she's gone.
4: Oh, I never knew. Go figure. Am it's I in true. a bad
5: mood when she's gone? You're a little more
4: testy. Maybe. Maybe that's because the, the <laughs> house is... Not that... I mean, not that I don't miss you her for her, her own sake. Inside. No, but I'm saying as... as I said, with, it's, your own fill. Yeah, it's not that I don't miss her, you know, because of her, but also after the two or three day mark. Like, if she's gone for a weekend or whatever, then it's fine. If she's gone for more than three or four days... Yeah, my whole – and plus, you know, I'm uh, – and this is all above and beyond the fact that, obviously, I love her for her and all of that. But there's also other side issues, such as that I'm a huge creature of routine and of habit. And just uh, – and and really, uh, you know, and just you know, part of that routine is another person. When you live together, you're married or whatever. And when, and when she's gone, it's just my, my whole uh, – my whole life starts to get a little fuzzy around the edges. And I just – and I do – and I'm uh, – I do get a little bit of a, when she's gone for extended periods of time, I do get a little bit of a glimpse, like, back into my own history as to what I was like when I was single or what I was, you know, when you're just, you know, living by yourself. And how on, in some ways, that's really great, but in some ways you just go, God, I was just a mess. Like, God, I was was just a freaking disaster when I was single. So, anywho. uh, Who is this on the hotline or on the warm line, Richie? Is that somebody I need to be uh, speaking with? No one. Okay. Well, that's a good. Uh, it's a good opportunity to break. Then I think so. Let's take a break. Come back. Uh, Tim Riley returns from the Ministry of Truth. Uh, coming up next hour, our spam sculpting finalists will join us in the studio. Uh, I think we're going to talk to Peter Carlin as well. Maybe or maybe not. I don't know. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. radio program moments away from more news with Tim Riley. Just a couple other brief uh, thoughts on last night's Grammys because is the only day I can really do that. Um, boy, they just spent forever talking about the band. You know that Robbie Robertson "Take a Load Off Mary" or whatever that song is. That song that is probably on KGN as we speak.
5: Take a load. Off.
4: I'm. You know so out that of song. No. That's song the weight. And put the load right on me. That horrible song that like. Because of the big chill we have to hear every five minutes on Classic Rock Radio. That wasn't as bad as what followed, which was, I swear to you, this is one of the things that made last night's Grammys not good as such, but impossible to tune out from. You guys didn't get to see this because you didn't watch the Grammys. You didn't get to see... Interpretive Dance to the Music of the Beatles. Yes, yes. And of course, oh. and of course, when you're doing when you're doing interpretive dance, there's no better song than A Day in the Life. Oh. Why would anybody decide we needed to see A Day in the Life and not like a I cover? I have to
5: be seeing this right now. No,
4: it's and it's not even like a cover-up. Like the you know, we're playing the actual Sgt. Pepper, A Day, like I read the news today, the whole thing front to back, and then Cirque du Soleil doing interpretive dance. It was so bad. It was so. It was like a parody of bad. <laughs>
5: That's what I felt when I saw Paula Abdul performing at the Super Bowl. I, I
4: walked out of the living room and I said, what the F is that? What are you watching in Christ's name? And she said, uh, they're doing it. circus du Soleil doing interpretive dance to A Day in the Life. And at that point, I watched and I kind of went, okay. And then I just walked back into my office. Um, Cindy Lauper, still freaking hot. I made that observation. Um, Amy Winehouse. I saw
5: a couple pictures of her. She doesn't
4: age. Oh, she's gorgeous. So her gorgeous. Her skin
5: was just flawless.
4: I know that there are certain people who feel that she is a poor man's Madonna. <laughs> Uh, but she is still unbelievably gorgeous. TV's Jason Bateman introducing Foo Fighters, who were great, who were unbelievable.
5: Have you seen Smoke and Aces? No. Oh, Jason Bateman's in that. That was like kind is a kind of Yeah, he plays a really different uh, character. Sorry, no.
4: random. No, it's okay. He was great. Um, let's see. And then three quick notes about the Foo Fighters, and then I'm done. Um, Dave Grohl, one of greatest screams in all of rock. What a scream that guy has got. You know, I love a guy who can really scream in a song. Dave Grohl, just the coolest guy ever. Uh, Also, uh, Foo Fighters, greatest hit. I know I'm dating myself with this, but uh, Foo Fighters, a greatest hits compilation by the Foo Fighters would be best thing ever. They may actually have that. I don't even know. But the Foo Fighters are really a a band with a lot of great singles, just really great singles, like a 10- or 12-track greatest hits record with the Foo Fighters would be great. And then final note to myself, Foo Fighters, boy, we can really see where all the talent was in Nirvana. It's funny how almost any Foo Fighters single you can think of is infinitely better than almost anything by Nirvana, you can think of. Probably except uh, for Smelt Like Teen Spirit. God, the Foo Fighters really just make, write some amazing songs. They really are wonderful. So, all right, just tore my notes in half. Here's Tim Riley, in the Ministry of Truth. 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 Truth.
5: Oh, I'm sorry.
2: Truth. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, Truth. This is Tim Riley. So, depending on who you believe,
6: Clinton trails Obama in superdelegates, whatever that means. Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama are neck and neck in the battle for delegate. She holds a narrow 27 delegate lead over Obama. That uh, margin includes Clinton's share of superdelegates. And nobody knows what any of this stuff is talking about. So. They were types. I guess so. And capes. <laughs> it's superdelegate. A man who put a bullet to his wife's brain to end her suffering was not doing a mercy killing. Apparently, he was embroiled in a world of drugs, infidelity, and debt. According to court documents released today in Gresham.
4: So he he was trying to put an end to his (laughs) suffering.
6: Doctors told the cops that a 51 year old Virginia Roberts was not terminally ill, (laughs) even though that was the reason her husband gave for shooting her in what he called a mercy killing.
4: Wow, that's like a special breed of a hole.
6: Mm -hmm. He was arrested February 2nd for shooting Virginia in the head with a 38. He called on one month there Gresham home after the shooting told police his wife wanted to die. But the court documents released today showed that the 51-year-old victim had been diagnosed with a motor neuron disease caused by chronic pain. But doctors said she had no life-threatening or terminal disease. Uh, uh. Apparently, his brother also testified, saying he was certain his brother killed Virginia out of compassion because she asked him to. Jesus. Under Oregon criminal law, there is no mercy-killing statute, and Roberts was indicted on first-degree murder today. So, that's something entirely different, isn't it? Yeah, Jesus, that's like a special breed of
4: dick right there. Mm. No, no, no she, uh, no, she had cancer.
6: Are you fabricating
4: cancer to get away from shooting your wife in the head?
6: God. So his young brother, Scott, told a dark tale. Uh, Scott Roberts said John concocted a story that Virginia had cancer two years ago. Scott describes his older sibling as deceitful and vindictive. He said that John had lied to him about past business deals. Defendant John Roberts admitted to police he cheated on Virginia during their marriage and also sought sex with a Portland prostitute. Debt collectors made two calls on the home during the search to collect on bills for a brand new big screen television, a DVD player and a computer. Her documents show detectives found a note addressed to police at the home indicating the crime may have originally been planned as a murder-suicide. Uh, you'll find our bodies in our bedroom, which is down the hall, and the last door on the right. It read, my wife has ALS, and I did not want to separate anymore. I chose not to go to jail.
4: Wait, hold on. So, now she has, the ALS is Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah. Now, is that true? Does she have ALS? No. So, she doesn't even have AL. Even. Uh, so, she didn't have cancer. She also doesn't have ALS, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I'm just speaking for myself. I get ALS. I, I don't mean to be morbid here, but my wife and I have sort of had these conversations about if one of us gets something like that, something like... And Lou Gehrig's disease, i got to tell you, that's like the worst way to go. I mean, really? If you're going to pick a bad way to go? You're hard-pressed to come up with something worse than ALS. And I'm not trying to be so Johnny Buzzkill. Lou Gehrig, what do they call it? I don't know. Who was it that made that joke about... How did he not see that coming? Oh, that's a terrible joke. Um, no, I'm just saying, like... I, I that's the, I can't. I'm sure there is a worse uh, thing to get, but I can't think offhand
6: of what it would be. So. Well, you'll have to explain exactly what Luke Gehrig's disease is. Luke
4: about. Gehrig's disease uh, is where all of your muscles uh, slowly atrophy and become non-functional, and it's like it, you'll. And sometimes you get to where people they can no longer swallow, uh, so that you're like, you know, you're. I'm not. I'm not trying to be horrible, but I mean, it's it's a bad. This is why we need assisted suicide laws. And, again, I'm not trying to be hideous, but, I mean, you're some guy. I mean, we had a friend of ours um, whose dad had an ALS, and we would go to her house occasionally for whatever. And he was, again, still alive, brain still working, which is, like, the worst, like, when the brain still works and then everything. But So, you know, what's, well, what's, what's the case with your dad? Well, um, he's still awake and alert, but, of course, he can't swallow anymore. I mean, seriously, that's time, I'm cashing my chips in then. If I can no longer swallow, that game over. And um, you know, so Laura and I have had these conversations though about if one of us gets something like that that maybe the state doesn't necessarily cover, but that you don't want to hang around with. Like I'm telling, like look, if I if if, if I get ALS, like uh, you know, we'll, I'm gonna give you the date. We're gonna, you know, we'll make our, we'll make our bucket list. You know, we'll do we'll do one final uh, do one final big weekend with everybody, and then I'm just gonna vanish because you know I'm not gonna stick my wife in prison by heaven or like shoot me, but I'm not gonna hang around for that. No way. I think I speak for a lot of people. You just cash me out at that point. Jesus.
6: So he told his brother he decided not to commit suicide after all because his wife, during a supernatural visit some 15 minutes after he killed her, told
4: him not to do it. Well, that's convenient. No, no, no. She appeared to me in a dream and uh, told me to hook up with whores. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
6: That's how it always happens. That is true. All right. A Cumberland County Sheriff's Office of in is looking for a man with a mustache who was pulled over in front of female drivers and then jumped out of his vehicle wearing women's underwear, a garter belt, and black high-heeled boots. Since last spring, there have been six reports about this cross-dressing motorist, the most recent over the weekend. Uh, the sheriff said while well, the man's behavior does not commit, well, any kind of crime in terms of dress, the fact that he's jumping out in roadways and apparently targeting women who are alone is a cause for concern. The sheriff said uh, women should try to avoid this man. And like people with eyes. Um,
4: Incidentally, I'd like to thank, and by thank I mean I'd like to acknowledge in a horrified sort of way, the guy who got drunk over the weekend went to my MySpace page and posted lots and lots of pictures of his own crotch while he was wearing panties. What? Why would somebody do that? I don't know. Well, Tim, let me tell you. As though I I know. I don't really know. They may be gone now. Um, the panties? But the people, well, no, the <laughs> okay. panties stayed on, thank God. Thank only God, Tim. No, it, you know, pe- there,
5: is a, there is a weird listener that I'm friends with on the MySpace. Does he have a picture? Yeah, and him? the picture is, is, that...
4: is like his junk, but covered by sheer that pink panties. That
1: guy's emails
4: before. Yeah, and people who saw my MySpace profile, and it was a few days ago, <laughs> covered in- they know what I'm... And he posted, like, a huge photo I'm like, hey, look at my Johnson. But it's like covered in but he's like wearing sheer pink panties and they're thin enough that you know Yeah,
5: they have nothing, nothing they, to they,
4: they, yeah, but yes. He has something to hide, but he chooses uh, not to.
5: He's smuggling something. And he
4: Yes. Right now I'm smuggling some vomit into my mouth, thanks. Um
5: smuggling's my favorite word. <laughs>
4: But he but he took a huge photo and posted it like 20 times in a row and then he and then after he put hey by the way I'm drunk LOLOLOL LOL, that was like it here's Tim Riley time for watch fantastic here's a hick watch from Monday what a weird Copen day
2: this is Hickin makes me feel scared. the way I know it, yeah. well, I she slobbering all around Round the house, yeah. Makes, Makes me feel so good.
6: Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, she, really? She's a member of the OSP. Well, well we're talking about something totally different that now. That can't be true. Yes, I'm afraid it is. Really? hmm Hold on. I got to... What is the website you're, you're at? OSPtrooper.com... Well, before we get to this, the OSP is looking for new troopers. A trooper? Hold on. OSP, in, including the ladies.
4: OSP trooper. Trooper. Dot com? I'm, looking a, uh, I'm looking up a. I'm looking up. I'm going to try to find. They're, it.
6: they're in a recruiting effort right now.
4: Supplemental. I'm going to
6: find. Um, Look for women in the OSP.
4: Hold on. I'm Googling her it name. Says, it says,
6: click below to see some success stories about women in sworn positions there with the know. OSP. Wow. Mm hmm.
4: Hold on a second. I'm, I'm going to read her page.
6: Before we... Oh, Captain.
4: Her name is Cindy Cock?
6: Yeah. Well, Captain Cock.
4: <laughs> K-O-K. Yes. That's her name. Uh-huh. C-I-N-D-Y. Her name is Captain Cock. Her,
6: yes. her last name is
4: K-O-K. Captain Cock is a great name ever.
6: Wow. Wow. Well, this comes... Uh, Cindy Cock has always had an outgoing personality. All right. As one would expect from an OSP officer. Of course. Uh-huh. She's been involved in several church and school activities. Yeah. Her position gives her a chance to interact frequently with the public. Apparently, Cock's cadet experience continued each summer while she attended OSU. When I was hired, said Cock, I was one of the very few women in the department. At the time, the OSP gave me the opportunity to try a variety of things. Cock
4: was offered the opportunity to join the department full-time. Good for Cock. Cock accepted a position as a teacher that summer and continued in that profession for the next three years. I had always had that calling to come back to
6: OSP, though, said Cock.
4: Captain Cindy Cock.
6: She's cute, though. She is. Okay. She's one of the women of the OSP. Captain Cock. Captain Cock. So, the re- recruiting of both men and women wow. to join right now. Boy, there's an and This
4: article on her goes on forever.
6: Well, she's had quite the life. Cock's perseverance <laughs> helped her get through the next five years.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> okay.
6: I like their squad cars, too.
4: Ooh, those are kind of cool. Wouldn't you like to drive a, that? I think that's a Mustang. I think that's one mm-hmm. of those, uh, like a 2005 Mustang. I say as though I know what I'm talking about. But I, maybe, maybe think we should all... fill out an application and see if they, they call us back. <laughs> we should send them an air check of this conversation to let them know how serious we are about law enforcement.
6: What kind of a name is that? We're inspired by Captain Cox.
4: <laughs> that's okay. like that girl we heard earlier. Her name was like Shelly Finger. Right. I mean, really, honestly. <laughs> all right. Jesus. All
6: right. Moving on. So this doesn't seem... Oh, it's only like two pages. Uh-huh. So when you apply, check the box that says, how did you learn about this employment? I, the media. <laughs> yeah, and they, be, also, be ask, for, they also ask for names. So make sure you fill in our names Uh
3: huh.
6: when you're doing that. Okay. They're also looking for Indians and Alaskans. By the way, apparently that is a Dutch
4: name. Says Todd the corpse. It's a proud Dutch name. Todd and his uh, Todd and Mrs. Corpse are both of Dutch extraction. Uh, he invited me over the holiday. I wasn't able to go, because I was in Orem. He invited me to something where they make like some weird Dutch Christmas food or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, whole weird bunch of nut d- Dutch nut casery in that house. Um, so apparently,
6: apparently, only need a high school diploma or a GED to work with you. He
4: says, I believe. Um, he says, I believe Captain Cock may be Dutch, coming from a Dutch co- uh, community. My wife's high school principal was named Cock. Okay, okay. Uh, by the way, he says, before my mother-in-law got married, her last name was Dyke, D-Y-K. There you go. Or Dick. I don't know how you pronounce that. D-Y-K, how do you pronounce
6: that? It's a dick. let see, Dyke. Let's call I the whole thing know. off.
5: Sam! <laughs> 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 uh...
6: I
4: love this show. All right, so Who here is? we go.
5: Is that the end of the Hickwatch.
4: No, no, we haven't even done the Hickwatch. That was just some, something Tim found online.
5: How did you even find
4: that? Yeah, that is true, Tim. You never know what. Uh, well, no, the story <laughs> is. What were you searching for that Captain Cock appeared on the screen?
6: Well, I was going to tell the story about uh-huh. the OSP launching a new recruitment site. And that's where it all began. So it says, interested? Click here. So when I hit, hit click here, I found Captain Cock.
4: <laughs> did it ask if you were 18 first?
6: It <laughs> Let's do the sick watch. Yes. Because a leprosy outbreak is causing concern in northwest Arkansas.
4: <laughs> only concern. Not panic or, like, an
6: urge to burn those who have it. Leprosy is only causing concern. The medical community is warning the public a leprosy outbreak in Springdale it could blossom into an epidemic. If something isn't done Blossom. Soon. They make it sound so pretty. Doctors say at least nine cases of leprosy have been confirmed in Springdale. Leprosy? Yeah, local doctors say they'd be shocked that even if one case of leprosy, uh, well, came up in their entire career. uh, There are lepers in Arkansas? (laughs) Says uh, Dr. Jennifer Bingham. My initial response is, I am shocked. I am shocked we're seeing this. It is a true reason that we're worried. Uh, Medical specialists say the Marshall Islands have the most cases of leprosy in the world. Lepers? Mm Mm-hmm. And the city with the largest number of Marshallese people outside the Marshall Islands is Springdale. There are Arkansas lepers. It makes sense. That leprosy is spreading throughout the city. Jesus. I, shouldn't this be bigger news? This no, is like when there was, that,
4: there, there was that outbreak of bubonic plague yeah. last year, and I was, it freaked me out that nobody really cared.
6: Do you have leprosy? Well, Here's it, some sign. It appears as discoloration or, uh, or uh, noodles or nodules. Noodles. On the skin. I'm sorry, I'm covered, <laughs> I'm covered in noodles. Uh, especially the fingers. <laughs> oh, oh, God! <laughs> I was it It is terrible, but it can take six months or maybe two years.
4: Hold on. I'm, gl- I'm putting leprosy into Wikipedia.
6: To make things even better, there are over 100 cases of tuberculosis in Springdale. Jesus. Say they're, says their Chamber of Commerce. Let's
4: see here. Characteristics. Um, let's see here. How can I tell if I have leprosy? Well, it doesn't say. We can all have it. We can all have it right now. (laughs) Well, if you go down to Springdale, you can be sure to get it. I mean, I thought leprosy was sort of gone. I I, I didn't think that
6: was a thing that people got anymore.
4: Do you know what I mean? They still do. Does anybody know the other name for leprosy? I don't. Hansen's disease.
6: Mm. Boy, how'd you... Like a Hansen's... (laughs) It's not the putrid
4: fever? No, I'm just... No, it, it's, it's weird when you think about that. Um, you know what I mean? There's some guy, I wonder if he really regretted that, you know, like putting his name on that. What is this? I'm going to name it after myself. It makes your skin sluck away. Jesus. All right. So there's lepers in Arkansas. Ew,
5: I don't even like reading about lepers. I'm looking at the symptoms that makes no. me uncomfortable.
4: Get <laughs> another reason to stay away from Arkansas, mm-hmm. everyone. Jesus, God. All right. Is that the end of the Hick Watch? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Todd wants to clarify that it is pronounced tight.
2: That's his name. Okay. Makes me feel so Uh huh.
4: Uh, wait, hold on. What are you calling about? Hey, hey. Hi, what are you calling about, sir?
10: I have two uh, speculative pop culture questions, meaning the answers can't really be known, but I know you're, uh, you've soaked up a lot of pop right. culture.
4: Can you hold on for just a second? Okay. I hate to do this. Richie, Bristol, can you... I apologize. Richie, can you bring me a coffee cup? I feel like such an ass doing that, but I broke my coffee cup on Friday, and I, I forgot to bring another one from home. And I have to have a cup of coffee, and I don't want to wait till the break to do it. And, and a matching saucer, please. No. <laughs> and dance for me! Um The uh, well, Tim and I know that but we feel. Ri- I had no problem uh, ordering Scotty to to bring us something, uh, but you know what it is? I, I I can't. I think my white guilt kicks in. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could Richie, bring bring me something, bring fetch me creamer now. I just don't think I could do that. Mm-hmm. I could, I could do that to a white person from the suburbs. I don't think I feel comfortable ordering an Asian what around. What ever happened to that white person from
5: the suburbs? Who? Who?
4: Scotty? Who? Are you of the? Are you of the Tualatin Who's? <laughs> Uh yeah I don't know. Anyway so what was they, your what was your question sir?
10: Well first uh, did I hear that correctly that Todd the corpse's wife high school principal is a last name cock?
4: That's what the I I do believe that. so K okay yes it is a okay. Dutch name. Uh, now
10: right. the two questions that I, I'd like to take my comments off the air please Tim Riley rules but the two questions are uh, what <sighs> got me thinking is Kevin Federline's probably got a hot hot girlfriend at this point I mm-hmm. figured he probably traded up. So that's the, the first question that has to do with him. Uh, do you think he probably has, like, a wise-ass cartoon shark tattoo, maybe with glasses? And then the second speculative question is, how many films in the 80s or 90s uh, had, as part of the plot line, a dangerous new drug hitting the street called ice? All right. Thank you. A nice federally shark tattoo we- and how many dangerous drug
4: ice movies were there? All right. Thank, thank you, sir. All right. Like, nothing stuck in my head. But I... I don't even know. Uh, okay. Do you believe that Kevin Federline has a tattoo of a comical shark? What are the odds? Do you That's
5: think? what he called about?
4: Well, that and the other thing, which we'll get to in a second. I don't... Do you believe... Okay, let me ask you this. Let's put it out there. If Kevin Federline were getting a tattoo, what do you suppose his tattoo would be of? Which is actually kind of an interesting question, sort of a Rorschach for us about Kevin Federline. You know, it would be
5: like his initials in some giant
4: Old English font. Totally, like a porn went out mm-hmm. for my homie's font. Yep. Yeah. Like a La Raza font.
6: Richie, thank you so much. I'm Problem. sorry. I'm thank sure you for getting me some.
4: All right. All right. Oh, he was apologizing for the delay, in... now I feel even worse. Oh. Because he had to he hear it on the radio, so he had to apologize for the delay in getting me my coffee cup. Um, I would bet you yeah, right that he has one that says K Fed or that Papa Zoa or whatever. Oh yeah. In in yeah like the bad old English font. Um, Maybe
5: or... his children's names.
4: Totally to covering
5: his or the dates or just
4: the birth dates birth of his dates. kids on his arm. As for movies in the eighties that were about a dangerous new drug called ICE, I don't really know. Maybe I think to live and die in LA had that. But I don't really know. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, by the way, we're not taking any more calls. Not taking any more calls about Captain Cindy. We're moving on.
6: Here's Tim Riley. New line been slapped with another Lord of the Rings lawsuit. A few years ago, the director Peter Jackson sued the studio for underpaying him by the millions. Now today, reps for the estate of Lord of the Rings creator J.R.R. Tolkien followed a suit in L.A. claiming new line, failed to uh, give them a cut of gross profits. The estate claims that the film company made $6 billion out of the Three Rings movies and then is required to pay 7.5% of the gross receipts to the estate and its partners.
4: Please tell me the Variety has a story about this and it's called Three Rings Circus. Oh, I don't know. Let me look. All right, probably not. I I wonder if you have to go to school to learn to write those variety headlines. I suppose you do. Like that thing in Ed Wood, that um, chick chick to to flicks, picks, nicks, or whatever it was. All right.
6: Uh, Researchers say it's never too late to adopt a healthy lifestyle. A 25-year exhaustive study indicates people at the age of 70 have a 54% chance of living to be 90. Just exercise two to four times per week. Don't smoke and maintain a normal body weight and blood pressure. However, those of the same age who do not follow these will surely die. (laughs) am <laughs> bitter and alone. So let me see what Variety says about this uh, lawsuit. About, no, it just says, Tokyo and the state sues new line. Really? Yeah, I'm sorry. Is
4: Variety headlines sometimes, or maybe that's just a thing they don't really do. Maybe I only think it's that way because of movies, where Variety has those great, weird, long headlines that they do. Mm-hmm.
7: All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, time for a corpse watch. Hey, fantastic. Here's your corpse
0: watch. I'm digging a
7: phone. I'm
0: digging a phone.
6: from England, a real estate agent showing a would-be buyer around the house stumbled upon the owner hanging dead inside a wardrobe. <laughs> the four-bedroom house was put on the market by Mark Ditchfield, who was 48 after his elderly mother died. But the shocked agent and client made the gruesome discovery of a body hanging by a trouser belt as they examined the space in the master bedroom's <laughs> oh <my> wardrobe. <laughs> the the horrified one. viewer who was in his forties and so shocked that he ran from the house and had an order of stiff brandy at a local pub to calm his nerves. Jesus. One regular said he was totally actioned, as if he'd seen a ghost. He was shaking and asked for stiff brandy. He could hardly put into words what he'd seen, other than to say he and his agent were horrified. Everybody's done to hear about it. It goes without saying that it put him off in buying this house. Uh, Mr. Ditchfield, a council worker, was uh, devastated when his mother, whom he lived with, died in November. He told uh, his neighbors the house was too big for him and it held too many memories. Uh, for instance, he was a pleasant man. <laughs> the whole road is very shocked. You don't expect your neighbors to commit suicide, possibly under these circumstances.
4: Now, let me ask you this, Tim. As you're reading this story, are you projecting yourself into the story and imagining yourself showing a prospective home buyer around a property only to discover a corpse like swinging from a rafter?
6: Why, would check it beforehand. Really? Yeah.
4: What would you? Well, let me ask you this. Let's say you checked it beforehand, but then in the few moments before you brought the uh, between then and the person in, a corpse just appeared in the house. What would your go-to line be? How would you try to save the deal? Oh jeez. What would you, what would you say to the prospective home buyer? Would you say a fixer-upper? we we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll have it steam cleaned. Yeah. Um. All right. <sighs> okay. By the way, just a final line on this ever. This is from uh, OSPTrooper.com. While working as a detective, cock had a very supportive station commander, Jack Rogers. <laughs> I love a good chuckle now and again. It's good for you, you know. <laughs> it longer. That laughter is good for the heart. Why not chuckle
6: along every day? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's it. I don't know.
2: There
3: to you go. go.
4: Wow. Oh.
2: Oh.
4: And wait, haven't even started judging the spam yet.
3: No, it. Tim
2: did, did
4: someone bring you
2: a massive
4: case of French vanilla coffee creamer?
6: It wasn't me. They handed it to Sarah X. Dillon.
4: But, I mean, someone has brought... Oh, it's for all. So, it's,
6: oh. it's for everyone to enjoy
4: equally. 144 yeah. servings.
5: I think it's from Dante. Thank you, Excellent. Dante. Excellent. Thank you.
2: No, thank you, Dante. All right. Uh, so here's
4: the thing. Um, so we got to spam uh, sculptures that we're going to be judging uh, mercilessly in the next hour. Oh, that yeah, sounds now, delightful. Huh? Yeah. So we got to take a break here in a second. We'll come back. Here's, the, here's how we'll do it. Take a break. Come back. Uh, we will bring in the sculptors one at a time with their spam creations, uh, which have been sort of, you know, sitting hopefully in some sort of preservative storage uh, for the past week or, you know, hanging in a wardrobe closet <laughs> 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 or waiting prospective home buyers. Um And then we will talk to them, interview them one at a time, and then we'll, uh, you know, we'll try to come up with a... Uh... We will come up with a winner. Um, let's see here. I made this note to myself last night. As I was downtown, I went uh, downtown to see that Bubba Speed show, and I was walking by. You seen that place? It's on, like, um, 4th or something. It's, like, the off-track betting place. You know what I'm talking about? It's like by the Ross dress for less or whatever. I've oh, seen that before. Yeah, it's, it's like I have
5: an, on the corner, it's very depressing looking. Yeah, and
4: you walk inside there's always like a bunch of beaten down guys in like snap brim hats that are all ragged. Skeleton smoking cigarettes. <laughs> totally. Exactly. It looks a lot like the clientele of that off track betting place downtown. You know what it looks like? The clientele looks very similar to the clientele at like um Those, like, hotels for transients downtown, like the Joyce Hotel or whatever that place is, where it's like, you know, weekly rates available, hot showers. Like, if you have to note that your hotel has hot showers, manager special, adore. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Um, Anyway, but I had, I did, it was sort of depressing. It was all dingy and, like, you know, everybody in there is named Smitty and, like, chews on the stub of a cigar. But I made this note to myself at 9.07 p.m. last night that i did w- i do in some way wish that quote i bet on the horses just cuz it is kind of a cool thing to say cuz you hear about that like, but that's a thing like you only hear about in movies like you don't know anybody in real life who what happened well they gambled it all away on the ponies that's a thing that only takes place in like mickey spillane novels and and, and in like andrew vox books or something you know what happened well I, I bet it all on the horses and then i you know and then it, it all went it all went against me or whatever
6: all uh, you gesture for dora Totally. Exactly. And will I scope out a hey, nice give, give Flo a loving slap? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be the nineteen forties, not current day. We're talking about
4: we're not in favor of slapping flow now. No. Slapping flow. Yeah, this is a good time to break. Uh back after this with our first spam entrant. Stay there. It is uh five oh three. 733-2970. By the way, uh, you want to see what we're voting on, you go to 970.am and look for the logo that says A Lot of spam Sculpting. Finalists. Click there so you can uh, view along with us. It is the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We're coming along. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970 uh, All right uh, In just a moment We will bring in The first of these Spam entrants uh, Then uh, later on More from uh, Tim Riley at The Ministry of Truth And so forth Let's welcome out To the Rick Emerson Show CBS Radio Portland Marketing Guru Susan Reynolds Hello there
12: Good afternoon <laughs> How are you today? I am great Are you? Yes
4: Okay, Fantastic uh, oh, by the way, I want to thank you for that pizza. That was a big hit in our house. Oh,
12: I'm glad. So
4: uh, Susan, uh, for the big game, uh, had a bunch of pizza from Chicago, like actual Chicago, Chicago style pizza. Oh yeah,
12: no, it came from
4: Chicago. blown in.
5: Oh, that's awesome. Uh huh.
4: And then this is because we were at, we were talking about pizza the other day, and Susan's like, well, you know, you you and your wife like pizza a lot. And I said, oh yeah, you know, we did this whole thing in New York a while back where we you know did, did the a pizza. pizza and no, and she immediately as soon as I said New York pizza, it was like a rolling of the eyes and <laughs> like a dismissive <laughs> New York, you don't know from pizza. Well,
12: and I have had new york pizza and i do i love new york
4: uh,
12: uh but there's something about chicago pizza and and i know that i'm a little biased coming from there but but wow i mean you have not had pizza until you've had
4: it from chicago so even though so that pizza you run, even though it was not typically the kind of pizza it was like a spinachy vegetarian thing it was very very good it oh really yeah it was no, exceptional it's, it's deep so, dish
12: spinach pizza no. from Malnati's.
6: Excellent. So uh, Chicago is that deep-ditch pizza, and the New York is a skinny one, right? Yes.
12: Yeah, New York, you, you sort of fold it up and shovel it in. That
6: was the way you put it that
12: crap <laughs> that they
4: fold over and eat like a sandwich? <laughs> Screw that. So all I know about Chicago uh, and food is uh, pizza, and then that episode of... Uh, mash where hawkeye was trying to get adam's ribs uh, sent to korea oh. from chicago so yeah. that's it that's all i know
12: also good italian beef sandwiches i don't know and, and and they say chicago's like the third fattest city
4: in the united states i can understand why i made the reference to mike Ditka. And you said that he was actually what did you say you said that he was like a shrinking violet or something compared to that he was a skeleton <laughs> an adonis, <Yeah>. i believe <laughs> so I think a, mike Ditka is an adonis compared to the average chicago man and the <laughs> phrase mike Ditka is an, is an adonis is a thing you don't really ever hear anyway um all right So, as you all know, so we've had this spam sculpting contest going on. And the deal is that we had, we said, get yourself some spam, put it all together, sculpt it, take a photo, send it in and then that uh, the 10 finalists win copies of Monty Python's Life of Brian immaculate edition and then one lucky winner goes to see spam a lot at the win in Las Vegas blah, blah 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 so we put all the entries up uh we put the top 10 up and then the audience all last week voted on the top 10 so by the way if you, if you did cheesed off that like you were in the top 10 and aren't here today uh, we are blameless you just blame your brethren in the audience okay, you worked it that not way not <laughs> i'm just saying I don't it's bad enough we have to pick you know one winner out of these three today um so we have the three winners. So Richie Bristol, uh, if you want to bring the first, and what we'll do is we'll talk to these guys uh, one at a time, and then we'll uh, you know we'll find out how they did it and how long it took, and then uh, we will uh, we'll take a break and then we'll we'll try somehow to figure out who the winner is. So we are now bringing in Spam Sculpture Number One. All right, um, is he, is he let's. Why don't we before? go? Why don't we come over here? Yeah. Let's come over in this microphone next to me.
2: Hello, sir.
11: What is I, your name? I am. The man's Max. I've, I've met you before, Rick. I Max? Was, I was that guy that brought the Visa that one time when I came up to see you guys. So, like, you guys were guys, I could you had no Visa, and then I brought it into the station, and Sarah, like, gut-checked you and then took all the will and off to Bremerton. Remember that? It was, no. It was, I think, it was, like, I think it, was two, <laughs> it was about two years ago. Actually,
4: okay, well, let's, okay. Now, oh. first of all. This is, the, this is, this uh, is. by the way, if you want to uh, read along with us picture-pager style, you go to 970.am, <clears throat> 970.am, you click on the banner that says, A Lot of Spam Finalists. This is the Stegosaurus of Spam. Um, a Spamosaurus, can we, yeah, can blah, blah, blah. you
5: turn, like, give it a little rotating? Yeah. <laughs> Let's curtsy. hope it doesn't uh, wilt under is the this light. Is it
4: frozen? This, uh,
11: this was frozen in the freezer. <laughs> about, uh, standard freezers standard <laughs> freezer are, are about 10 degrees, and I work in a deep freezer, so I climbed up into a minus 10 degree uh, super freezer. Where, like, the freezer at my work can fit this entire station plus two. So I climbed up to the top of the thing, and I buried it behind 50 boxes of cheesecake.
4: Were you and, afraid that someone would take it or steal it or you would come in and it would be ruined in
11: some way? Dude, it's produce. Like, I, I, people, like, steal, like, random, like, broken boxes and, like, bottles and stuff out of the warehouse. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I seriously suck them behind a bunch of boxes, and I solidified them, and then it just turned out like a whole block. You know? right. I, I actually wanted to pack them in dry ice to kind of get them brittle, so, like, so you can actually pick them up and use them, uh, use them like a block toy, but this is about as cold as,
4: as you right, can. All right, may I see this? We'll pass this around the room here. Okay. Okay, first of all, so now... I'm uh, doing
5: a comment on his fabulous shirt, though, too.
4: Uh, meat is murder. Tasty, tasty murder. <laughs> uh, so where did you where you get the idea to make a stegosaurus? All right,
11: so, it, it, so I work about 11 hours a day, uh-huh. any, any given day. So I grabbed a bunch of cans of Spam, and I sat on my chair like I do every day, and I asked my friends, I go, what are we going to do for a Spam sculpture? And my, my friend said, Dinosaur. And that was and it's and it all came together in your head. It instantly, the <laughs> dinosaur all came together in my head.
4: We, did you I, know it was a Stegosaurus right away, or did you did you consider T Rex? Well, Diplodocus, you know.
11: <laughs> I my first idea is that I wanted Ooh. to do the uh, the monster from Cloverfield. I wanted to do that spam sculpture, Excellent. Like, build it up like a block, and then carve it out. But it was just too much time. And then my second idea was making a a,
6: a, a spam can of Viso, calling it the Tim Riley flavor of Viso. <laughs> I like the idea that you think Tim tastes of spam, but that looks like something that belongs at Omzi. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty
4: great, actually. I mean, Was sh- this okay. your first attempt, or did you have to take like dry runs at it? No. Uh, well,
11: we just we cut it up in pieces, and we just kind of piece it together like like a like a, <laughs> like a like a wooden block toy, and then we, uh-huh. just, and we just took the cans of spam, put it into this to, to the Santa one, and then. It was, and then the cracks had the cans of spam, and then we blended up spam with like with a with
4: a hand blender, and then we filled it in. And that I was going to be my question: is how you uh, filled in the gaps between blocks of spam? So you blended it up with a hand blender. We blend
11: it up with a hand, and blender. then
4: you used it as like a uh, like a mortar.
11: Yeah, like well, because spam has a lot of oil in it, and like <laughs> the, 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 the the three things about about meat is that you either have to salt it uh cook it dry it yeah. uh, and a uh, fourth thing it, or freeze it so so basically we we had to freeze it get it nice and do, do the consistency blend it all in and then stick it back into the freezer so it's been sitting in my freezer for about a good two weeks now
4: now how long total did you say from from opening the can to completed stegosaurus how long did it take you to make uh, this
11: say like, so i was, so they so my friends helped
4: me along so i'd say with about three or four days of now, uh-huh. if you end up now, if you are the winner and you end up going to see Spam a lot in Vegas, now is it already known uh, who's going with you, or are you gonna have a bunch of friends going, I helped you more, like trying to pile in and get get them. I was them. thinking
11: like Deathmatch or something like that. Like you have one person trying cool. to, or like a or you're like a, like a sword and shield, and they have them fight,
4: fight out my friends. You like, have your friends Rochambeau and Beaufort just get endless kicks to the junk until somebody's still standing. Or
11: like re, or, you know, or wrestle, or something. or
12: maybe they have to eat that. Oh, dude, <laughs>
11: there you go.
4: That's excellent. All right,
11: oh. wonderful. Most yeah. meat sits in the standard freezer for about a oh. month before it actually gets to the gets to the most places. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's still edible. Yeah, it's hard and to deny.
4: I it really. I days like this, I wish Scotty still worked here. Yeah. Oh, you
11: got to eat that! Break drunk, off a big it, chunk
4: of the stegosaurus. Get him dr- I think he's gonna it up and like break it into
11: pieces and like put it like a bag of Fritos and stuff look, like that. I you, know, tell you.
4: Look, we've we've heard about his new business. At this point, I don't think you'd have to get him drunk if you gave him free food. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> and awesome. he
5: just wrote me and said that he's still working hard at trying to get the business started.
4: <laughs> you, really? Aww. Let's see. Hey, November, December, January, February. Oh, okay. All
5: right. Hey, I just I'm sure you will get a paycheck so- any day now. Rick, write this second in my inbox. Hi, Sarah. Hope all is well over there. i know you've been trying. No, it's Scotty, real name.
2: Oh,
4: really?
5: Mm. Yeah. S- uh, sincerely, Scott Blank, Director of Marketing. Scotty. Director blank. of Marketing. Oh, look at that. Susan, he's one of your colleagues. Oh,
2: he's he's, he's
4: chasing after my job. <laughs> yeah, you and you and Scotty are. You oh, his, have much in common, his Susan. His
5: feelings are really hurt. I, I get a feeling Rick has moved on as he's not responded to any of my oh, contact that's, attempts.
4: That's not a feeling, by the way. That's oh. what we call a fact.
1: Oh. oh.
5: Do,
4: uh, you know what? I'm not trying, I'm really not trying to bash Scotty. I think we all know it wasn't Scotty's idea to leave. <laughs> Wife.
1: <laughs> uh,
4: but I, man, I worked my, I did my, I did my best to try to, uh, not that we don't love Richie, because we do. Yeah. But I'm saying at the time when Scotty was like, well, Rick, I think I'm going to have to move on. And I said, <laughs> And I, He's man, such I, a freakishly good I spent like him four himself. days trying to convince him to stay. But you know what? God had other plans. So, so. he
12: broke your heart. Yes, he Not did. Well, I'm actually going mm-hmm. to
11: sneak that like stegosaurus into the OMSI exhibit, and I'm trying to get a picture in front of them, even in front of the big sculpture. That's so
4: cool. But try, do forced perspective. Where you get this real close to the camera, and so it looks like it's towering over the building. I
11: actually, I actually, I actually work right by Onsen. you yeah, yeah. It says this huge thing that says dinosaurs. I was gonna think about putting underneath yeah. it and it says dinosaurs. The spam on it. Now
4: let me ask you this: uh, If you are the winner today, mm-hmm. are you gonna uh, preserve this somehow, like dip it in lucite or something?
11: Well, for me, you can either salt. I can either salt it or cook it, or I can pack it in dry ice and bring it with me to Vegas and take it to like to like the El Cortez. That would be like really that. cool. Like like doing the slots and just like kind of sit it right there. Like, Good like,
4: reference to the El Cortez too.
11: Oh, hell yeah, dude. Oh, Three no, my straight?
4: i got to tell you this. We were just talking about this during the break. Mm-hmm. My wife and I are going to Vegas uh, for just a weekend uh, in late March. And she then made i our... going
11: to Vegas
5: in early April. And then Sarah's going, I don't know where
4: you're staying, but my wife made the reservations at... The El Cortez, there you go. Which is just like the whole, it's just like the worst place on earth. But we name check it and we sort of make fun of it all the time. So we figure we owe it to ourselves to actually stay there.
11: The El Cortez is on Fremont Street, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So it's, it's
4: pink and de- decaying and crumbling. Smells exactly awesome. like Gresham. So it smells exactly. like death. <laughs> it's cigarette burns on all the craps tables. The barmaids are like seventy and like just one big people, wrinkle. People try
11: to sell you like Chachi's, like I Heart Las Vegas. Yeah. Oh, it's like bad.
4: People. It's right next to like a gun store and a pawn shop. It's terrible. Are it's, they I'll,
12: paying you to stay there? Or? No, it's <laughs> just it is so.
4: It is so great and beat down. Hmm. It is just. It's like the oldest of old Vegas. It's wonderful. I mean, in a horrible that's kind of way. That's
11: of old Vegas. <laughs> isn't there? it's like, yeah. just Fremont Street, and then it's just everything else in the. Yeah, because right? all that
4: and Four Queens and Fitzgeralds, it's all kind of right there on that one street. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank you so much. Okay, so I'll tell you what. We're gonna have you uh, go back and hang in the, uh, in the Art Alexakis green room. Mm-hmm. You leave your uh, the spam sculpture here. Okay. And uh, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll bring in the uh, the next entrance. Right. All right. Thank you, my friend. See Excellent. You guys later. Thank you. Well, see Excellent. You Thank you. There you go. See you
12: later. See All, you right. later. All, All right. Wonderful. Onto oh. the table covered with this Thank queen. You.
4: Yes. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, that's pretty great, actually. Yeah. All right. And that's Max. That's yeah. crafty. All right, Max.
12: You did a, a very nice job. And
4: again, if you want to, uh, you know, sort of play along at home, you go to nine seventy dot am, and you can see the three different spam uh, sculptures here. So Max with the stegosaurus. Degosaurus.
12: You know what I like about our three uh, finalists, though, I have to say, because we did look at all of them, and they were all pretty great. The, um, they're very diverse. They're, they're not all the same thing. Yeah. Even,
4: you know, there was sort of a theme with some of them, like a lot of guys had a medieval theme or <laughs> a Python awesome. oh uh, theme. Uh, but they, 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 um, no two of them are the same, which I think is pretty great. All right, who who is this? Who are we? Uh, Dave? All right, excellent. Dave? Dave and his uh, lady friend? Wife. Wife? Okay. <laughs> Um, start trying to make him sound like a player. I'm sorry. Uh all right. So Dave, if you go to 970.am, uh, Dave has the um the large scale Trojan rabbit uh from uh what? from wow, this is yeah. that's really wow. cool.
5: Yeah. Oh my god. All right,
4: this is the Trojan rabbit uh with um and it has like the oh, little I just
1: lost a little something.
4: the knights uh, behind oh. it pushing. Oh, uh, the rabbit so is already starting to flake away. All right, hold on. Uh Dave, come up here on the mic there? How are you doing, brother? Very well. All right. So that's pretty great. That's a great Trojan that rabbit. Is. It really is. All right. got to pick it up very carefully. Has this been frozen? How has this yes. been
0: uh, preserved? We've been in the freezer since Thursday. <laughs> is this cooked? Uh, torched. Torched. Like a creme brulee. Very, but, but very similar. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> very similar.
4: <laughs> so, uh, so you sculpted this, and then you torched the outside to give it some sort of texture right. to make it look wooden. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Um, Trojan rabbit, were the idea... I mean, obviously, it's a python thing, but was was this your first... Uh, idea or did you have did you have like another idea that didn't work out
0: yeah it's the only one i actually went forward with uh thought about the chalice thought about a few other things it was the only one that i could think was iconic enough that people would get and it it just tied in
4: it really is pretty uh pretty great um and then extra you know extra points here for actually making the night out of the spam can um so did you uh, now with this design, is this uh, did you only have to do it once, or did you like were there like aborted attempts at this where you had to start over?
0: Uh, never had to completely scrap it. Started did a paper model about guys, yeah, like I'm such a dark 2.27 size down, right? excellent, and, 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 and then scale math. model. And then figured out how big I had to make the head in order to make it in one piece that wouldn't All fall right. out. Um
4: what was your visual aid for this? Was it the film? Was it a Google image search YouTube. for the the YouTube. Yeah. So you just went to YouTube and then you just you went right to um uh right to Holy Grail?
0: Yeah.
4: And just uh and you, you just looked at it from there. Um how long conception to finish product?
0: About ten. Ten hours. Really? Dude, yeah. Dude. That's, yeah, that's sad that's... and great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that really is wonderful. Yeah. How many cans? Um, we'll say 10 net 10 there was one or two that like i had to do the wheels twice and some other things got... and i've got four extra cans so if anybody needs anything <laughs> as we all do <laughs> okay. and, uh, no thank uh, it you will really, not be as eaten in my
4: okay picture. i just went out okay on the back there actually he's actually got like the door things on the back like there's actually
0: little doors on the back um, and then, so the, have you been
4: storing this at your home?
0: Uh, yeah, my wife's loving this. I'm um, sure she is. It has been taking <laughs> up one third of my freezer for Excellent. the entire time.
4: Excellent. Now, um, did you do this alone by yourself? Yeah, just me. Wow. Jesus. Um, <laughs> and, um, now, uh, that that was my other question. So as we asked uh, Max, now, if you should be today's winner, uh, would you somehow preserve this in a place of honor? Maybe I should ask your wife. Will he be allowed to preserve this? <laughs> Really wants to, oh, is... I know that tone of voice. Yeah. We
3: could, we
4: could donate to the spam museum. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. I've heard that before. If you really need these 12 inch Kiss collectible mm-hmm. figurines, I guess they can stay in your office as long as the door is <laughs> shut when room. company comes over. Yeah. I, I have the one room where I'm allowed to have personality. Um... <laughs> no, it's true. Uh, guys know what I'm talking about. If it wasn't meat, I'd keep it. Dude, it's just, it's meat.
0: It's, it's, yeah. It's,
4: meat is all the more reason to keep it. I think it, I'll, it I'll
0: keep the figures or, or donate to. The... Uh, one to the show or whatever but, uh,
4: uh what is your favorite monty python film um
0: grail yeah. really yeah. okay
4: fair enough no i think that is i think the general consensus is that holy grail is the best of the films i'm kind of a meaning of life guy yeah. myself but i it's, you know it's weird it's just here's what a nerd i am so because i knew we were doing this today where we had the three finalists come in i was actually having monty python dreams last night this morning it was something like weird Mean. i was dreaming that scene from meaning of life where they're in World War One and the guy's retiring and they have like the grandfather clock and the cake and He's been up all night slicing the lemons, melting the butter. And I was just like, I, I woke up and I just knew that this had gone too far. So, um, <laughs> and if you uh, end up going, uh, will you be taking your lovely wife with you? With yeah. You?
0: Uh, one of my friends is getting married sometime later this year, and I heard there's kind of an open-ended thing, which is fantastic. Excellent. Yeah. So, all right. right. Fantastic. That's great.
4: All right. Uh, <laughs> other questions, comments? Have we passed this around? No, I, I yeah, I'm afraid to again. pass oh, it
0: around. Yeah, yeah, no. Don't You mean me uh, to take it over to Sarah? Well, uh, yeah. Well, to whoever. Yeah. I yeah. Look at that yeah. All right
12: the The remember. little knights are really, really. Those are so creative.
4: Yeah,
0: they really, and and that the rabbit has teeth with the Hormel label there. Yeah. <laughs> that
4: really is great.
0: Come yeah. on. Well, I'm my my company name is Da Vinci Construction. This is what we do. We just come up with different things and nice. Plug. It
4: really, you know, the, the thing is when we were doing looking at just all of the entries and then the top ten and then these three, they're cool. I mean, this sounds dumb, but not just because they're made out of spam. I mean, it's like way more talent. I mean, you know, and we, we felt, again, the audience did the narrowing from 10 to 3. That was not us. It was, And I'm glad the audience had to narrow it from 10 to 3 because the other seven were all really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I mean, the
0: ship thing would be here.
4: Oh, like, man, they're, like, way better seen. than anything I could do. I mean, like, in my, if you gave me years, I couldn't do this. So it's um, it's pretty impressive. So uh, we will, uh, I guess, pass this around.
12: You yeah, you right. know, I, I was thinking back to when we came up with this idea. And at first we were like, hmm. And then we went, of course, this audience right. will be all about it, and they did not let us down. So nice job! So
4: well done! Yeah. Thank you very much. All right, thank excellent. You excellent. So. Here if
5: you left it on the table.
12: Yeah, excellent.
4: yeah, and you put it on the table, and we'll all uh, it'll be like a science project. We'll all file <laughs> by and uh, and look at it. All right, excellent. Uh, so that is David. <laughs> what, what was your strange jobs? What, we have. Was, what was your wife's name?
3: Gabrielle. Gabrielle,
4: Gabrielle. beautiful name. All right, uh, Dave and Gabrielle, thank you so much. Uh, you. All right, excellent. There you go, Dave and Gabrielle. Um All wow. right, so let's. Uh, Wow, these are really good. Yeah. I mean, I just... Bring on the last one. I feel like such a loser. All right. Um, <laughs> is the last guy come in? Richie, let us now bring in uh, the final Spam Sculpture uh, entrant. This one will surprise you. I've already seen it in the kitchen. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, you can go to 970.am, uh, and you can uh, you see all of these. So we've had the Trojan Rabbit, uh, and we have had the Spam Stegosaurus. This is the middle one. If you go to 970.am, go to the Spam Finalists. This is the Castle oh. Trojan Rabbit. <laughs> And catapult. All right. And who is uh, who is this? Jim. 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 All right. Come on, Jim. All right. Jim <laughs> Rabbit. Catapult. Well, Hello, sir. So how are so you? you. All right. So this now this is much smaller than I thought it would be. Yeah,
12: that's what I said. How but, many
4: total cans of spam here? Two. Two. Is this the color of the spam when it came out of the can, or has something happened to it?
2: It's uh, lightened up from just sitting in the fridge for a week. All right,
4: so this has been refrigerated, not frozen. Right. All right. Uh, is this uh, is this your wife, girlfriend, friend? Oh, that's my
2: wife, Holly. Hi, Holly. How are you today?
4: I'm good. Are you glad to have this out of your home? I'm so happy. Excellent. <laughs> um, Let me get a closer. Look. This really is pretty great, and it's it's uh, different than the others in that it's smaller, which is. I mean, it's just—it's a—you it, see the picture of it, and it looks epic. So it's kind of cool that you managed to pull off an epic kind of thing in a small, in, with only two cans worth.
2: Well, actually, I just—I threw away the spam out of the first can. And that's what I made the catapult out of, and out of the second can, is, I just <laughs> used <laughs> one thing of spam to make the—the the rabbit, the ammunition, and the castle. I just carved it all out.
4: That's fantastic. Yeah. God, guys are dumb. I mean, yeah. really, and I mean that pretty in pretty the best possible way. We're such nerds. Yeah. I mean. And I say that as the guy who said, I don't know, let's have them carve Spam. Jesus, that is really cool. Now, well, That is really functional. Nice. Someone told me, yeah, the catapult is functional. Oh, yeah. Jesus.
12: Look out, Tim. Here all right one.
4: Before we do this, so was this uh, always the idea, this design, or did you toy with other ideas?
2: Well, I thought about the goblet and the the rabbit and stuff, and I was just, well, if I make a catapult, I'm pretty sure nobody else will make that. Yeah, done and done.
4: Uh, how many, uh, so do, now, do, was it a success the first time through? Did you have to do multiple, multiple tries? No, it's the first time. Wow. <laughs> he says casually. Yeah. No, 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 it was flawless the first time out. Um... All right, and so uh, this and this is just you that did this, did this
2: by yourself? Oh, it's by myself. What do you uh, what do you do for a living? What you job? I'm an aircraft mechanic. I work on helicopters and airplanes.
5: Oh, okay. Ooh, God, everybody
4: is so much smarter than I am in like every way. Um, so the catapult is functional, and you and you have uh, you've demonstrated this at home. I'm sure to your friends. If you yeah. said, come over and check out this catapult that I made of Spam.
2: I took it to work. We were shooting, like, little chunks of Spam at, like, seven feet.
4: Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to ask what the maximum distance you've gotten was.
2: It's about seven feet. I didn't want to distort it too much before you guys got a chance to look at it. All
4: right. Um, okay, we have to – Richie, can you stay in here and film this? Yeah. All right. Um, so, Holly, Tim, can you all – Yeah. I don't want to hit yeah. Tim in the face with some Spam. Yeah. I really uh, – That would be a great thing for a vegetarian. I really I, I really do want to see how far this Spam catapult uh, will uh, will shoot. All right. So here we go. So this is Jim's spam catapult. Oops. Oh, right into the microphone. Ooh. Alright, let's try one more. Alright, here we go. This is the second shot of the spam apult. <laughs>
2: that that the is mirror. great. That is fantastic.
4: Let's try that. Wonderful. All right, excellent. Let's try
2: to light on fire and flick burning spam tracks, too. <laughs> I like your spunk, sir. All right,
4: uh, do we have other questions, comments, no, queries great. about this? It really is great. Now, if you win, are you going to uh, preserve this in some way? Are you going to keep it, or are you just going to, like... Only well, if you want it. Into the track. Oh, uh, well, no I am, thank you. I am <laughs> wondering... I, I started wondering about, like, lucite, And if we just dipped in a big vat of lucite, if we could sort of keep these for the studio or something. So, i got to get Brian, Jen- uh, Brian Jones on this. I'm sure he could uh, he could help us
2: out. Liquid and, nitrogen or something.
4: See, and, this is a, that, that, and would it be possible, in your estimation, what with your spam experience, would it be possible to freeze-dry this somehow?
2: That's what... What you get from the liquid nitrogen?
4: Really? Is that true? So, uh, or if I put it one of those Ronco
2: like uh, oh, sure food hydrating things? That'd be nasty and distorted. Uh, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, there's a certain. Okay. So what you got to do is fry it up and give it to the homeless. <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: good news is we've got food i uh, deep fry everything for him. That is really, really cool. Excellent. And if you go to see Spam a lot, if you are the winner, uh, will it be you and your uh, lovely wife, Holly? Oh, yeah. We got married by
2: Elvis, so we like Vegas. Really? Oh,
4: yeah. Elvis, like in Vegas, Elvis? Oh, yeah, totally. You know it. the real Elvis. Was it the, No, but I mean, it was like here or it, it was, was like, we like, the like the a the the, yeah. the little white chapel?
2: Yeah. It oh. was uh, the Las Vegas wedding chapel or whatever. It had the skinny guy in the goofy Elvis outfit, but he sounded great.
4: That's fun. You know, and had all so my cool.
2: fun friends and family, you know, my drunk friends. One guy was dressed like Gilligan. The other guy was, you know... Can kind I of add the ninja outfit with the long hair and the ponytail and the goatee. Right know. on.
4: Excellent. All right, well done, my friend. All right, congratulations. Excellent. Well Good done. Job. Yeah, Thank great you.
2: sculpture. Okay.
4: So I'll tell you what, um Richie is we'll put that over here on the table. So congratulations to everybody on great entries. Uh really three wonderful uh spam sculptures. Again, you can see these at nine seventy dot AM. So job well done, everybody. Uh and uh Richie will show you back to the Art Alexakis uh green room, uh which I think is actually just our kitchen. And uh, <laughs> we will take a break here and ruminate amongst ourselves. Uh, so, Richie, if you want to come back here when you're done, thank you. Excellent. All right, we should take a break here. We come back. We will reveal the winner of the Lot of Spam for Spam-A-Lot sculpting contest. Today, there's the Rick Emerson radio program. Go nowhere. The Rick Emerson Radio Program Hi, this is exciting <laughs> Yes, here every syllable drips with anticipation It's 503-733-2970 503-733-2970 uh, Let's now welcome back into the studio uh, Max, Dave, and Jim Who are the uh, final three contestants In the Lot for Spam for lot Sculpting Contest All right so,
5: uh, <laughs> a lot of people in here,
4: seriously. Just, um, all right. So it's, it's all come down to this moment. That's my, uh, it's my Vince Van Patten. Um, good. the, uh, so, uh, before we, uh, announce the winner, of course, uh, all the stuff that you're like legally required to say, we're all winners here today. Uh, these are all really good. And again, also shouts out, uh, to the other seven people, the people who got into the top 10, uh, everybody who got into the top 10, Wins a copy of Monty Python's Life of Brian, the Immaculate Edition, uh, available on HD something or other and Blue HD DVD, <laughs> HD DVD, whatever that's called, and yeah, that and Blu-ray as of uh, January 29th for Warner Home Warner Home Video. Um, all right, and the two runners-up today uh, will win. Other uh, from our prize club, something ticket. of it. tickets to yep. something, the r- Lumber, Lakers, lumberjacks tickets. tickets, and uh, and I think a station t shirt and our esteem and blah 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 blah, whatever. All right, uh, do I have a drum roll? Wait, hold on a second.
5: Uh, I thought you did
6: do it. I that? barely knew, her. Oh,
4: damn it. Uh, hold on a second. I'll find I have a drum roll somewhere.
6: Will there be balloons falling from the ceiling? no There's no and no
4: day. did you
12: see the whole <laughs>
3: no.
4: um let's see here drum roll drum roll okay here we go uh, i do a put this is the worst drum roll ever by the way it's like a casio keyboard drum roll all right um we had uh, the three entrants were max with the stegosaurus dave with the trojan rabbit uh, and Jim with the working catapult. Did we get the spam off the floor, by the way? Or is that being ground into the carpet r- by everybody r- who comes
6: into well, the Well, uh, Sarah, I still have to bring Muppet in here, and he'll be sure to find it in no time. Like a mobile a mobile floor he cleaning the system.
11: There's a Roomba. Yeah. All right, seriously.
4: Um, all right, so without further ado, we will give it up to all three entrants. Uh, having uh, assessed... Oh. oh, yeah. Are we? Having assessed all of these and really having labored over it, it was not an easy decision to make. The winner of the Lot of Spam for Spam a Lot Spam Sculpting Contest, the winner who will go to see Spam a Lot at the win in Vegas is. Is. With the Trojan Rabbit, Dave. Dave. Dave, you are going to Las Vegas.
6: Thank you to see spam at
4: the Wynn, which is by many accounts the plushest hotel in all of America. So again, to Max and Jim uh, great entries it really was It was a hard decision and i'm glad that we didn't have to narrow it down uh you know from from ten to three and this was a, it was a hard decision to make they 're all really good, so well done. Uh, and, uh, the, uh, all y'all, uh, go home with some stuff. Uh, and so, uh, congratulations to, to all of you. So, th- so thanks so much. Thanks fun. for being part of this. It was really cool. Congratulations, Dave.
0: And Rick, if you want any of the little, if anybody wants any of the little figurines, the soldier that push,
4: I, I think that, uh, I would like a small figurine, I, yes. I think
5: that would be fabulous. All
4: right, excellent. Um, so thanks to all of you guys, uh, and, and uh, uh, and also, um, Max and Jim will go home with some stuff. Many lovely parting gifts from the <laughs> AM970 prize closet. Richie has uh, some paperwork and some whatever for all of you guys uh, to do. So thanks so much for coming in. Uh, you can either take the sculpture with you or not, depending on kind of how you uh, how you wish to honor it in your own home. Uh, otherwise, uh, we will uh, dispose of it. So uh, thanks so much for coming in, and uh, again, congratulations to Dave and to all through. Thank you guys so much. All right, you have fun. there you go. Wonderful, yeah, excellent, enjoy. fantastic. Boy, those are all really good. And it's just, uh, oh, and there's a little span. Oh, they're little, spam, the little
5: uh, foil people. Yeah. they are little paper
4: people. No, they're no, made oh, out of the can. Oh, my
5: God. This is great.
12: Yeah, that they're is made. Amazing.
4: Yeah, knights made out of bits yeah. of the Thank can. You so Thank much. you guys. Thank you. Excellent. Congratulations. Oh, no, that's quite all right. All right. Wonderful. <laughs> all right. There you go. Give yeah, that to oh, children. come
5: on. How oh, cool! I mean, it was really ever. cool. Yeah. They
4: even offered to give it to me. Like, yeah, boy, you know, and this is why I could never be on a reality show. I just, I always hate to be like, you know, to, and, and the one guy who wins because it's you always feel so bad. But they're really good. It was a tough yes. choice.
12: Well, you notice they were over
4: there and they, they were all. Also- oh, sorry, you're on, tough, your mic isn't on there. Sorry,
12: what? they were all over there in the corner <laughs> saying, "Oh, you know, it was tough to compete with that guy." You know. Yeah. He, so it's.
4: Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, they're all they're all really good, and you know, so excellent. The and other I'm guys. I'm so jealous
5: so, of that prize.
4: Yeah. Oh, I know. It's like. Well, that's what my wife, last night, so, uh you know, why don't we get to wet our beak? And I'm like, because we never, stop it.
5: <laughs> I'm going to go to Vegas. I'm staying on my friend's uh, parents' couch. <laughs> I'm staying at the
4: El Cortez, which the paint is falling off and of, is riddled with bullet holes. So, I mean, I told her, I'm like, you know, you've been with me for like a decade. You know how it works. We never get anything Nice. Uh, all right, so, uh, everyone, all right, so ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, let's pay a final visit with Tim Riley. From Thank
2: you, Susan now, Reynolds. From from Thank you, Susan. Of Truth, this
4: Excellent. is
6: Tim Riley.
2: Now,
6: well, the Oregon Senate has approved a bill that will require proof of legal U.S. residence to get a driver's license in our fair estate. It also limits the validity of Oregon licenses to the length of the applicant's authorized stay. The measure now goes to the House. Backers of the measure say Oregon's loose laws have made the state a target for illegal aliens who seek to obtain identification cards for nefarious purposes. Hey, Tom Potter. Taking advantage of our goodwill. <laughs> Taking jobs away from hard work. Well, never mind. Several senators have voted no. They say the requirement will create hardships for many undocumented workers and force them to drive unlicensed and with no insurance. Not like they're doing that right now. I was
4: just Nah, yeah. I was just say, I'm just gonna
6: st- just gonna stay out of that one. All right. Well, be back in just a little while with more news throughout the afternoon. All right, ladies
4: and gentlemen, Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of the. Oh, I'm sorry, a little bit of spam over here. Yeah. History of the <laughs> history of the world. Back at four, five, six, and seven, uh, top of the hour. By the way they were like, well, people, we be uh, favored with sound bites from last night's Grammys, Tim. Yes, yes, they will. I'm glad those are going to get to be played somewhere. I feel like an ass. <laughs> I really don't feel that. I've been running on at the mouth today, even more so than normal. I don't know what it is.
5: I've had a couple. I've had a couple people write and they're like, "I mean, that's brick's a little crazy." Today. We're all
4: used to it. I'm <laughs> used, to it. Yeah, used to it. Yeah, you seem normal to me. How sad. <laughs> Everybody becomes so warped by working with me that this now seems normal. This seems like normal human behavior.
6: And another thing.
4: <laughs> Jesus. You <All right. laughs>
5: remind me of that the video from YouTube when you're sitting with the
4: big mountain of the fake cocaine? Oh, the fake blow in front <laughs> yeah. of me, and I'm uh, doing my Tony Montana. <laughs> This means something. <laughs> all right. Uh, how long do we have before we have to? God, my back hurts today. Jesus. You know what? I mean? It's my large breasts. That's I have to cancel my whole tour. Um, all right. Oh my god. I'm just I have saying. this Barack around the clock. Oh god, is it awful?
5: It's one of the worst. I, I shouldn't ever. even
4: have to ask this, but I'm sure it's clean, right? It's got to be. Oh yeah. Okay. Now here's the thing. Before we play this, so <laughs> I got to credit where credits due. Uh, I don't know where they heard it, but uh, I heard uh, Court and Fat Boy Rock 101K UFO. Playing this on Friday, I think it was, and it just seemed... First of all, I didn't know who it was when they played it. Like, I tuned in and I heard Gordon Fatboy, uh and they do a great show, and I was listening to that, and they were playing this awful Rock Around the Clock parody, but it was about Barack Obama. And I was just saying earlier that nothing rhymes with Barack. And I was just i was like, who is this? Like, what in the name of Christ? Like, who is singing this song? And then at the end they said... I, I think it's everybody but Eddie Vedder. Oh,
5: uh, because he's a smart one.
4: Yeah, because no, I'm not going to be part of that. Like I think he he Eddie Vedder said no. Uh, so this is, I believe, everybody else in Pearl Jam. And I've, I've already only
5: heard the first. Um, <sighs> I the oh, it doesn't get down. any
4: better. Doesn't get any better. And by the way, here's how you know it's bad. Uh, let me see here. I got I have one email about it from a woman. Let's see where where is this email? Here we go. Uh, about that. Barack Around the Clock song. I am a Pearl Jam fan, and I am a member of the Pearl Jam fan club. I think the 10 club. Um, says, the general concession, uh, consensus among people on the message board is that the song is supposed to be silly and tongue-in-cheek. You know what that is? That's a little bit of rationalization going on there. Because <laughs> this song sucks, and you don't want to believe that this could be coming from Pearl Jam. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we give you all the other guys in Pearl Jam, except for Eddie Vedder, singing... This piece of crap. Barack,
5: around the clock. 1, 2, 3, 4, four six, 7, eight, nine, 10, 11 o'clock.
2: Barack, around the clock. tonight. on.
4: For a second. They're not even changing any of I the love lyrics.
5: Really interesting lyrics.
4: They're just changing the clock to Barack. We're going to rock that's around crazy. Barack tonight. And it, it's just bad rhyming, too. Rock around Barack? Really? This almost isn't even interesting enough to be funny. Well, maybe it'll become better. We're gonna rock,
3: gonna rock around the rock
4: tonight. Already a solo. What is the
6: purpose? Really? What is the purpose of this song?
4: <laughs> I mean,
6: check forward it and see if. Can no,
4: no, no, no! Oh. Let that go. Oh crap! Yeah, no, we We're gotta going hear back. every moment of this, Jim. Yeah. Okay. And here's the thing.
3: Oh. Uh.
4: And you know what? I know a lot of guys in bands who have to scrimp and save to get studio time to record good music. Pearl Jam has all of the money and resources in the world, and this is what they spend their time recording.
5: I mean, like, how is the... I don't get it. I'm going to rock around Barack
4: tonight? I don't know. I really... I bet there's another solo coming up, too. Second solo? Yeah. Why does this exist? I mean, it's got double-tracked vocals, and it's obviously mastered.
5: this is...
4: I'm not saying they were high, but that is one of those things that I think if you're up and you're really stoned at around 2, 3 in the morning and you got, you're in a studio anyway, you got access to, to, to some microphones, that seems like a really good idea. And that seems like something that if someone were stoned could have been conceived, performed, recorded, and posted to the website before Eddie got back to the studio in the morning and figured out what was going on. Oh, boy. And by then it had already been sent out to everybody in the fan club. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. Thanks, Pearl Jam. There you go. Uh, should we uh, take a break here? We sure. should. Let's take a break. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Back after this to wrap it up. Don't go anywhere.
6: The message is Mars needs women.
7: We interrupt this record to bring you a special bulletin: the
6: reports
0: of a flying saucer hovering over the city.
4: Today's show just hit by. It really did. All right, I, I'm going to resolve to be thirty percent less crazy tomorrow. Just so you know. All right. Uh, Are you still taking your crazy pills? A little bit. Yeah. No, 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 I am. I think they're working most of the time. I used to be crazy much more frequently than this. Uh, let's see. Uh, we now enter the saddest part of the broadcast in Debbie, final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, let's get a few calls before we wrap it up. Hello, hi, Rick Emerson Show. Hello, hi, Rick Emerson Show. You were saying Debbie? <laughs> sure. Hi, Debbie.
10: Oh, this isn't Debbie. This is Dave in uh, Dundee. Uh
4: uh-huh.
10: I, I, just, I just heard just a little snippet a little while ago. You had a... a, a Short story about a burglar that got thumped around by a shovel. Uh, guy an older guy with a shovel. Now, where did that happen and has his uh, victim regained consciousness yet?
4: I don't know, but you can probably hear more about it at four, five, six, and seven, top of the hour, all the way through us with Tim Riley's news.
10: Or go to AM nine at AM.
4: Yes. Or you can listen on the podcaster.
9: All right, thanks. Thanks.
4: Uh huh. We're going on strong today. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello.
9: That song was so terrible. I, I think I made it through more of Two Girls and One Cup than that song. <laughs> I
4: mean, it's just... I just don't understand why. I mean, it's not like they've even changed it enough to really be a Barack Obama song. It's but, hideous. I mean, really, and it, it, just to be like a kooky novelty thing, that doesn't seem like a thing Pearl Jam would do. It's just really strange. Yes.
9: Yeah.
4: That, right. All right, thank that you. Bad
9: craziness. Thank you. All right, final call.
4: Hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Uh
9: The... uh uh, Speak
4: slower, the illegal, please.
9: The, the illegal organ uh, licenses uh-huh. or, only in America would we feel we have a responsibility to people who have broken our laws.
2: Yes, that is it's true, sir.
9: I, Sorry, I yeah could only that in America. Only in America. All right, thanks, Mike. You
4: know, in in my country, what laws mean? break Black you. <laughs>
5: <laughs> what,
7: exactly
4: that? what George
5: Lopez was saying.
4: Oh, I see.
5: I was trying to do a callback. No, no, no. And I was doing a Yakov Smirnoff. You know, I joke. always. Have you noticed that we always regret the last. The call last of call, the, day.
4: <laughs> the last call of the day, is always just. It's always like number one on Letterman's top ten list, or like that, or that last sketch on SNL that comes out at around twelve fifty that just goes forever and isn't funny. That's the last call of our day every day. Okay. Well, thanks, guy. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rick Emerson's show uh, produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM970. Solid State Radio and the news. Ruling Riley. On the phones, Richard Bristol, Dave Zinn is the gatekeeper, Bridget from upstairs is our web mistress, and, of course, Susan Reynolds, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru. We want to thank Cena radio correspondents James Roop, Lisa Desjardins, and all of our spam entrants, Max, Dave, and Jim, and everybody else out there who entered. Uh, join us tomorrow, when our guests will include from K2, Carl Click, Anthony Oregonian, Peter Carlin. Uh, like us next, Don and Mike at 7. Uh, see you all tomorrow at 11. Don't let the bastards in down. Watch out for snakes. I'm huge.
6: Bye.
2: 4, 5, o'clock.
5: But rock around the clock tonight.